Sorry, guys. Hold on a second. Fuck you. <laughs> Not the chuddle. Chuddle. This movie sounds awful. I'm sorry, guys. Surprise. <laughs> Whoa. Hundred butts. Kinky. Creepy pasta. Please. You can't say Teddy Spaghetti three times or else- Don't mention his name. Pastacle. A Ouija version of the stranger. Oh, that's fantastic. Hey. hey! Out of the mist and into the fog, it's Chuddle the Pod. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Chuddle the Pod, where three best friends take a look at the curious world around us. And what do I mean by the curious world around us? Well... We like to take a dive into movies, music, mystery, and history, dabbling in the haunted, hideous, horrendous, and hellish, and almost always touching the world of the macabre. On today's episode, Sam gives us a little metal drop, and then we jump over into Ross's video roundup to talk about 2014's The Babadook. As always, those beautiful voices you don't hear chiming in are my lovely co-occupants of the pod. We'll jump over to Sam first. You can follow him at Chuddle the Sam. Instagram slasher, how you doing? What is going on with you? Hey guys, I am doing well. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's good to have you. Oh, good. It's good to be <laughs> good, had. I have been good. I've been so the Lightning um, are in the Stanley Cup Finals for the third year in a row. They won the last two years. Um, oh, wow. So that just started two nights ago. We lost in overtime, but got some more games. But it got me thinking. I don't know how much sports you guys played growing up brian i know you mm, played some played, baseball yeah. and ross baseball. played some water polo right water po- yeah water <laughs> polo and then little league little league okay. okay did you guys ever play for any like league championships or anything like that that you recall yes yes actually we did we made it to states i want to say twice i think so wow. we made, yeah it's like a, yeah in miami it was that was fun i don't no, i don't think for, we won though i think we came for water there. polo yeah Little League, wow. uh, Little League, we did win, uh, but that was the year that I was catcher, and then I had like a stomach flu, and I was out half the season, so I was on the bench, like yay! Oh, <laughs> what did you you won what? Uh, the, you won Little League. I won Little League. League. <laughs> it was weird. Whatever the Little League was, you have to there, fight yeah. a monster afterwards. It was um, yeah, it was it was crazy. I don't think our my, our teams ever won Little League. There was one year when I first like made the transition from like one of the lower level leagues whatever, whatever t-ball group. next up to whatever mm-hmm. yeah age group type of thing so i was like however you got placed into it i was like one of the young kids that got placed into like an older like the other team or the team i was on was mostly the older kids so like the next year after this they'd be moving on this was their last year on it but my mm-hmm. first year on so they were mm-hmm. fucking awesome and i mean i wasn't bad by by any means and that year i think we went pretty far with winning something but then the next year since they all left i was one of the really good people on the team and maybe there's a couple other people that then we just got a whole bunch of like really new, new one, people that were crop. not yeah. good and we didn't we we were not a good team Rooks. anymore <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah i played hockey in middle school like three years of middle school roller hockey not ice hockey and uh mm-hmm. in my middle school team so i played on middle school teams during the year and then rec league teams during the summers and uh in the three years of middle school in seventh grade we won one game and, and we lost every other game we played <laughs> yeah um Ugh. and then uh, <laughs> 
one of my rec leagues we did win the like championship of eight teams or whatever it was you know it was a small little thing but i played defense i was so bad i couldn't like i mean i could get the puck away from somebody else Mm -hmm. but i couldn't do any i had none of the other skills acquired for playing hockey i could skate too but i couldn't like maintain possession or pass or shoot or anything i'll never forget one time stole the puck from a kid break away down the <laughs> ice or the quarter whatever you want to call it it was stardust the uh-huh. rink oh, and yeah. um i made it to the goalie and i couldn't shoot for shit so i just stopped and waited for one of my teammates to come <laughs> up and i passed it to him for him to shoot uh-huh. and i remember the coach just like ripping me like oh, just I'm shoot sure. <laughs> right just fucking yelling you at know? you the way a, an adult man should not be yelling at a child it was um go, <laughs> go ahead and follow also uh Ross at Trouble the Ross. Oh hey. Uh, yeah, how are you doing? But answer that. Answer that. How are you doing? Oh, oh my god. <laughs> um, I have a follow up um, question. <laughs> okay. Oh I've been I've been good. Um, <laughs> no, I just want so you said you were you played uh catcher um in baseball. Yes. Did you do any other positions or was that mainly your gig? We okay, so I started off in out yeah, I started out in outfield. And then uh, there was an actually funny enough an older kid on our team named Mac. This dude had a cannon arm, and, and a apparently I was the yes. It was a <laughs> yeah. He had a handlebar mustache, uh, just a Hawaiian shirt on. He I think he was Incredible. actually more of just an older man. Just you know, no, it was like no, a never been wild. kissed situation. He he this... was like. <laughs> I got I got suckered into being catcher. I I enjoyed being catcher, but I got suckered into doing it because I was the only kid who wasn't like overtly afraid of catching a pitch from this kid. Okay, like every other kid was like, no, I'm not doing that. I was like, I'll 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 do that. I guess if no one else is okay, I guess I'll do that. At least you're involved every like play essentially. Yeah, that is a lot of pressure in the field of play. You're not just like standing around the whole time. You're totally. fucking squatting the whole time, the entire, and then you got the coach true. yelling at you. Yeah, if you get, you know, if you're sitting on your I've heels, calves of steel. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Sports talk. Apparently, thanks, Sam. Yeah. You, you did it. Mm-hmm. You successfully you did, did it. it. Oh, I, did it. I know. It took you what forty in, episodes almost. <laughs> Shit. And he finally yeah, played more sports than I did. Yeah, it's so oh, funny. Man. How long did I played till uh, I think eighth grade and then i quit when like i would have switched over would have been into going to high school i'm like i don't want to play baseball mm-hmm. in high school baseball no. players in high school yeah. are d-bags i quit hockey <laughs> going into high school I, I regret it now but when i went to see the practice for like the high school age group i was like this is terrifying right and <laughs> did not sign up <laughs> oh sure sure like yeah i didn't want anything to do with that plus i think I-, I hadn't had my gross spurt or anything yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's like a hundred pound 411 kid going in like see like you know six two almost 200 pound yeah, people flying around I that was, was like, i don't want to play anymore <laughs> i think before no, i went into my freshman year of high school i did like this summer thing where you could get a pe credit by taking like a weightlifting class or some shit so i'm like this young ass kid going into it and yeah. it's all the fucking jock giant dudes that are <laughs> like i'm like yeah oh boy this is high school huh <laughs> <laughs> hey what's going on hey uh so you, you've been good and everything ross it's good to hear yeah. uh i don't know um i didn't want to just like gloss over you there <laughs> no 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 no. I, I, I felt i was blended in going to sports talk yeah good yeah. you can also follow sports. me shuttle the brine with the y fuck it 
Oh my god, why? Why? There it is. Because <laughs> uh, why not? And follow all of us at Shuttle the Pod on Instagram and Slasher. Don't forget to check out the info below to get into your Discord, our Discord, which can be your Discord, sure. And in case you forget all this, just go to ShuttleThePod.com for all the info you could ever need. Right? Ever. Ever. Like ever. ever. If you're lost Any in the woods, info. go to chuttlethepod.com. Well, we'll put a link to if Wikipedia you... on there. <laughs> 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 and then that'll, or, or like a Google search, and it'll be perfect. We'll perfect. be set, like mm-hmm. settled. Um, I'm doing pretty good as well. I went and saw a concert recently, went and saw the kills. That was fun. Met some Canadians Ooh. there. They were absolutely lovely. Of course they were. <laughs> I believe it, yeah. And, and chatting them up. Uh one of the guys came up to me or it was like it was a few older people. When you say older, like our age or older than us? No, older than us. Like probably okay. in their fifties <laughs> to six maybe older. Okay, they sure. started talking to my wife and I and they're chatting it up and then I think they're um one of their one of the couple's kids were there as well, which were closer to our age. So okay, he came up to me because I was wearing my vest, which has a locust patch on the back. So he, he comes mm-hmm. up talking about the locust. I was like, fuck yeah, love them. Haven't really listened to them in, you know, 20 years. 20 but years. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I got a patch. They're, they're pretty cool. So we just started talking about like uh, music and shit. That was fun. And mm-hmm. then I went and saw what a are the movie. Kills? What's that? The Kills? A duo um, group kind of alternative rock music uh like hollow notes or something <laughs> exactly like hollow notes yeah. now <laughs> um didn't um what was it uh, maybe i'm scrubbing my wires song somewhere uh, didn't jack okay. white have a split didn't, was the dead weather was with the female vocalist from the probably i okay. that's more of my wife's wheelhouse um, oh, okay. she's a huge fan of them and I'd like them a lot. They always put on a pretty good show. So, but they were never like, I didn't know of them before for her yeah. and everything. So, so that was definitely a fun time. It's, it, it's been good to get to concerts again and, you know, experience live music for sure. It's definitely invigorating. Yeah. But then I went and saw the movie. I went and saw crimes of the future, which is, yeah. I, I, I wow. warned Ross about it. I'll warn, I mean, I'll warn it. There's some very triggering moments in it probably especially for parents we'll just say and yeah it was an interesting movie there was when i booked my ticket i'm all about you know i love having the new theater structure where you can like reserve your seat because it just yeah. like takes away like so yeah, much oh, of my yeah. anxiety going into a theater being like oh my god where am i gonna sit oh i, 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 oh, I can't <laughs> so i'm like the perfect attack of where to sit yes yeah. and i have it all like this is my seat when i look at the map you know i think i bought my ticket like an hour before the showing i was like perfect right here there's one other person booked in the theater a couple rows back great it's gonna be two us mm-hmm. two weirdos watching this in the theater yeah, yeah. so i get in there and the one other guy in the theater decides he didn't want to sit where his seat was and sits literally in the old my seat the one like there's oh fucking my 200 other seats and he's in the one that i picked that i'm like kidding me? obviously it didn't matter and i just went to the other one but i was like <laughs> What are the odds of that? <laughs> you should have been like, "Excuse me, sir." So yeah, I should have went up to him. the seat specifically. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god! Like, to an showed him the theater. screen tapped, mm-hmm. and then there was actually two other people came in. Uh, and I was I was gonna laugh if I ended up being in one of their seats, 
and then like it started this whole <laughs> chain reaction <laughs> yeah all right so you know i absolutely love cronenberg so without getting a full gusto from a scale of like zero to cronenberg how cronenberg was this movie i mean well here's the thing i'm not as well versed in cronenberg i know some of his stuff but sure. i don't like i will say in terms of grossness and god damn it how desensitized we've been since the sadness yeah. a lot of the mm-hmm. point of this movie is that i guess like the the goriness the, the stuff involving the body is almost surgical always ish okay. yeah so it it doesn't feel as i don't know there's there's a weird sexual nature behind everything too so that adds to the awkward feeling and stuff and yeah it's like i don't sentence. know i don't want to explain too much of it if you're still actually going to see it but i will yeah, say that the gore it. didn't i wasn't like grossed out by that there was just like the weird undertones and then there's one scene that i kind of mentioned to ross that's awkward but not for the reasons mm-hmm. that you would think it's more conceptually unsettling than it is mm-hmm. like gory unsettling but there is definitely is right? gory unsettling and i will say definitely for the normal person again because we're we watch <laughs> so many horror movies it's definitely because of the desensitization i feel, I feel yeah. like i feel like after watching this sadness it's like we all just looked into a fucking black hole yeah, like we've exactly. seen the void the void has seen us we've come back from the mountain we're like we oh, looked oh. into that void from the fucking skull the mask the episode nobody will ever yes. hear oh my <laughs> yes the lost episode <laughs> yes yeah so yeah oh, like ultimately i i enjoyed the film i liked the the theme behind it i liked i liked a lot to it and there was a lot of really weird funny stuff that happened yeah. like there's scenes in it where i was laughing and i don't think i was supposed to be laughing that hard but it made oh. me enjoy it because it was like this is a fucking weird ass cronenberg world so yeah, so right. there you have it so cronenberg i think we're all doing great uh, and we're glad that you're here yet again for another one. And let's go ahead and take a little break. And then we're going to jump okay. into a metal drop with Sam. Right? Of course. That's what I said. So we'll See? do that right after this. Hi, friends. It's your pal, Ross. Now, we reckon you've been enjoying us and our podcast for a little while now. Dipped your toes into Mel's hole then slid your way into the blob, possibly possession, or, well, one of my personal favorites, insert here. I just want to let you know, we see you. We hear you. Well, we would, if you give us a five-star rating, and like and subscribe. Then, the circle shall be complete, the ritual has begun, and we will all ascend to the Chuddledom we deserve. Thank you, listeners. And we're back. Thank you so much to our kind listener or our kind Ross for those wonderful words of encouragement. (laughs) Uh, So, Sam, I'm just going to let you go ahead and take this over because you got something for us. That's right. So I've been listening to this band Dying Wish, their album Fragments of a Bitter Memory. I've it's been stuck in my craw haven't been able to get it out of the old craw just listening to this album over and over again it's one of those things that reminds me a lot of stuff I used to listen to like 20 years ago and so I will I'll be like oh I should go listen to that darkest hour album and I'll listen to like two or three songs and then I'll be like nah I'm just gonna listen to more dying wish so we are going to listen to a clip from their song innate thirst 
Hey, uh, Brian here, just jumping in. I needed to let you guys know that we <laughs> decided that we're not going to start putting music into the actual episode anymore. So definitely go check out Dying Wish and uh, what Sam recommended to get the whole song and hear it because it's fucking good. So check it. And there we have it. That was a little clip from the song Innate Thirst by Dying Wish. Dying Wish is based out of Portland, Oregon, not Maine. <laughs> and um, they are, comp- th- this is from their website on the About section. The musical weapon brandished by guitarists Pedro Carrillo and Sam Reynolds, bassist Andrew Lee, or Lay, I'm not sure it's L E. And powerhouse drummer Jeff Yambra laid beneath Emma Boaster's distinctive and diverse scream. They they're pissed. Yes, they they're an angry band. They're There's a song on the album that uh, Brian Garris, the singer, knocked loose, does guest vocals on. It's very good. It's just I was listening and I was like, that sounds like Brian Garris, and it is. Also from their site, Dying Wish aligns with the continuing battle for liberation, encompassing the issues affecting BIPOC, the environment, and more intersectional causes while dealing in personal struggle and trauma in equal measure. So there you go. little taste from Dying Wish. And they're about to go on tour opening for... uh, They were just on tour with uh, Limp Bizkit. They were one of the hardcore bands Ah, opening for Limp Bizkit. But uh, they're about to go on tour opening for... uh, The Devil Wears Prada is doing a tour where they're playing their two zombie EPs back-to-back with some greatest hits. um, And they're opening on that. So I think... I'm going to have to check out those Devil Wears Prada APs because I'm definitely going to go see them when they come through. Dope. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. And uh, we encourage you all to check out more of that if you like what you hear. And you could always go ahead and check it out on our Spotify playlist as well. That'll be definitely on there where we have all of our past artists that are on Metal Drop, anyone that we've kind of mentioned on the show, anything like that. We got that rolling out over there. So thank you for bringing that to our attention, Sam. I hope you all enjoy that out there as well. We're going to take one more quick break before we get into the meat of things with Ross's video roundup. And we're back. Thank you so much to our kind listener and or sponsor for those wonderful words of encouragement or praise or whatever that you said or nothing. So as uh, we mentioned before or the nothing. break and at the top of the nothing. episode, it could be nothing. It might They might just get the doo-doos. So we're going to go over straight into it. Let's get into Ross's video roundup. Well, hey there, buckaroos. Welcome for another video roundup with your pal, Ross. Spoilers ahead. From the Baba Duke Duke dungeon of depression and despair comes the visually stunning and pop-up petrifying parcel known as 2014's The Baba Duke. The story of a mother dealing with the tragic loss of her husband, the mania of her son, and the troubles of basic cable at 3 o'clock in the morning. A mysterious book shows up, And so does an entity, so nefarious, the even mention of his name brings him and his bag of tricks. It's in a name, and it's in a look. Get ready, boys. It's time to review The Babadook. Ooh, I am ready to review The Babadook. I'm ready to talk about it and look at it and say his name. So, what are, that first first thing I want to ask is, are we calling it Babadook or Babadook? Because I had never seen it, and I've been calling it Babadook for like almost 10 years now. But it's Babadook. It's the Babadook. I, right? Babadook. Babadook. <laughs> Babadook. I mean, I think it's almost like people will say Han Solo or Han Solo. 
Yes. It's, yeah. it's, it's interchangeable at this point. I mean, in the in the movie, because I don't know, like, Duke. I think it's because they, I think it's because they have Australian accent. Towards Duke. So yes. th- there's that way. So I mean, maybe in, in American well, tongue, Duke, they rhyme "look" with it and "book" with look. it. It's yeah. definitely Duke. <laughs> well, well, right. But I mean, like, if you say like, I don't know if like Baba how Baba Duke uh, with an Australian accident. I don't accent Baba Duke, not accident. <laughs> like, do they say "book" and "look" in the same way that they say "Duke"? Duke. How about this? This is going to be very easy Duke. to clear up. Took shook listeners, look, listeners. Book. If you're Australian or a Baba Duke. Please get a hold of us. Are you a Bob? Let Duke? us know. Duke. I don't know. Duke. I'm sure we're gonna kind of say in between both the times. And I mean, we're I'm, gonna butcher the. Dude, <laughs> we're good. We're. I'm. I'm fabulous at butchering names to begin with. Why would you think it would stop at the Baba Duke? Baba Duke. Baba Duke. Samil Yabba Duke. I stole your joke. Yabba The Yabba Duke. Yeah, guys. Holy shit! This fucking movie is bonkers it is mm. dark mm. also it is a uh, kind of a phenomenal first achievement from director mm-hmm. jennifer kent uh she, oh yeah jennifer yes kent did this she wrote this wrote and directed yeah d- directed it and this was her first feature film she also had none like uh there wasn't like any schooling or anything like that there was no film school right she had been an actress but this was her first actual main attempt at directing and holy crap did she do a fantastic job incredible yeah great great first yeah. film i know she did a short mm-hmm. before this i think it was called monster yes it's black uh, yes. and white and very similar type of i watched it story from what i understand and i think she calls it like essentially baby baba duke yeah 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 i checked ba- i watched it baby duke and it, it essentially is that so it it, it was it was kind of neat to see where the story where it all came from it was very much you know a short film which is i was thinking about how like you can get away with a lot more stuff with short films but like yes. i think it really mm. translated well of extending that into the babadook all right guys let's um let's just jump into just let's just jump into it so from like the beginning sequence we get a fucking amazing super trippy and beautiful dream sequence where Amelia, the mom, and the, the, I say protagonist, antagonist. I don't know. Depends on what perspective. Depending on if you're a kid. Main character. Main character. There you go. The main. What a main character. Yes. Man, dude, we have covered some dream sequences in our films before, but like this is top tier like top tier like feel it feels like a dream it looks like a dream uh it's super fucking trippy i don't know there's something about these dream sequences also the time lapse sequences that happen in this in this uh, movie that are just they just fit really well the cinematography and how it's shot it's just mm, i really like the dreams how uh i think maybe we get one other one where when she wakes up she's we see her sort of falling back and then eventually see her bed and she falls into her bed and that's where yes. she wakes up. I love that mm-hmm. way of doing it, kind of like showing how far removed you are in a dream from like your reality. And the way it opened with her kind of like breathing and just being kind of spotlit, I think it was, makes it, you're kind of like, all right, what is happening? Like, what am I seeing right now? What am I taking in? Which 
yeah. is kind of like a dream. You know, you're like not really totally. sure what's going on. And what's trippy about this is if you're re- she's reliving the entire sequence of her accident and and the the moment of the her pinnacle grief. And you see it in the first shots of this of this movie where she's it's definitely like a car rolling and kind of like there's an accident that has happened and she's reliving it via this dream in such a very like surrealist way so it's it's very kind of like off kilter in the way that like you're not sure what you're watching the first time you watch this movie but then by the second time you watch it you're like oh shit okay all right this is all right oh wow this is just like her pantomiming just one of the most horrific things that's ever happened to her I mean, I, I only watched it once. I even gave myself time to watch it again and decided not to. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the it, even, you know, it's not long into the movie when you realize what that sequence was and you already gathered that it was a car crash. So it's still still impactful for a first time viewer. I'm sure a lot of this movie will have a different connotation on a on a second viewing. Mm-hmm. But um haven't gotten there. Yeah, I think the more times you watch this, the more stuff's going on. It's a fun ride. It's a fun ride. It's a it's a it's a nice double dip movie. We're now introduced to her son Samuel, and we kind of immediately from Jump Street get like the sense of tension between the two of them, particularly the the teeth gnashing, the throat grabbing, where he's like <laughs> clung to her uh, when he lays in bed with her. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. This entire sleep sequence is fucking really weird because like you can physically see her recoiling from her son. Like, Mm -hmm. she tries to get as far away on the bed as humanly possible with, like, these, like, just disgust, actually. Which I'm, I'm, maybe on more, uh, on another viewing, it would speak to me better. Because when I saw it and thinking about that moment since, I was like, so he's, like, what, kicking her a little bit? He's wrapped his arm around her neck and he's, like, grinding his teeth. And she yeah. kind of gets away from him and moves to the edge of the bed. And we see this big space between them. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I would do that. That'd be a tough way to fall asleep. <laughs> but then it seems like it's supposed to symbolize like something, a greater separation in their relationship. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it would have symbolizing that would have been better if it were not something that anybody would have been like, I'm going to move away from this. I can't sleep with this on top of me. Does that make sense? No, totally. Like, every single person in the world would be like, I'm going to move you over here so I can sleep over here based <laughs> on how that kid was trying to sleep. No parent would sleep with that happening. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you wouldn't have that like almost it, she it felt to me like she felt like mad or disgusted by the kid when he was doing like that. Like she ha- like there was a a deeper feeling, but I guess that could have been upon rewatch of like knowing the feelings ahead of it. Like yeah, saying like right. I I understand that like yeah, of course you want to move away from that and have your like own space and everything, but yeah, like the deeper meaning behind it and just like the feeling that I got of it was like she just didn't want to she wanted to get away from it instead of like be there to either help or comfort him. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, a lot of this movie is. But what, yeah, I guess it's just, a, a lot of this movie is just her. She has this mask that she wears for her son. I guess would be the best way of putting that. Where it's like I have to be this good mom. I have to do these things. But like, there's this like real energy behind all of these motions where it's just this tired and kind of just over mm-hmm. all of it. 
and you can tell like it used it starts smaller and it kind of like leeches itself obviously throughout this film as she becomes more and more like unhinged but it is this like she's going through the motions and it just has this is one of the amazing character choices and also actor choices where like you, you it's like like water and oil like they're they're trying like you're they're trying to mesh and trying to be but like they're just not mixing at all <laughs> like there's mm-hmm. this huge tension throughout the entire film over these two well, and i feel like that's almost all the mom like if not entirely the mom <laughs> oh it 100 i would yeah that's that's the kid is like grasping for for anything from her yeah yeah and she just They're- has disdain for him because of what his birth meant essentially that yeah, the right. father died and like it was all and that's what it built up to i will say we do soon get into the kid and all his fun little toys and weapons i'm excited for that (laughs) yeah there's like okay so like there's two distinct narratives that are going on in this or two impressions you get there's one from the mother's perspective and there's one from sam's perspective and like this film is either like a uh a a woman coming to terms that her kid is like a little psycho and she doesn't know how to handle it. And that's how everyone's outside perspective is where it's like, this kid is just like, just a maniac. And like, she just can't deal with him. Like, because he's so emotionally damaged. And then there's also the flip side of that where monsters are real. Sam is desperately trying to tell his mother that like, he needs like, we need to build weapons. This thing is going <laughs> to be coming. Like, why isn't anybody fucking listening to me? It's like, it's like, it's like the, one of the main characters from invasion of the body snatchers. They're like, they're pod people. Why isn't anybody listening to me? <laughs> like, that's how I feel. Sam's character is. He's just like frantically trying to be like, please, someone listen to me. This is fucking real. They're like, no, 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 no. Chuck, you, you know, so it is definitely real. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, yes. The Babadook, yeah, I would say would be definitely in this universe. I think is definitely real. Yes, it's a real. It's a. I believe not. Not in yeah, our we're, real we're world. Into, world. <laughs> no, I think it is in our real world. World. He is also oh, okay. in our real. World. I will get into that. <laughs> but no, I think it is. Yeah, it's a. It, it was because again in this world, supernatural things I guess can exist. So I think he was yes a literal physical manifestation of grief the grief and. And that's mm-hmm. what they what that's what her grief created was this this character for what for whatever reason that's what was created and it is real and exists, and we'll we'll, we'll get into a little bit more. Let's let's put a pen in that I think and get into that a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, let's <laughs> yeah because I have... so now we kind of get like uh, past this scene obviously we kind of get the title credits but we get we get the tone of the house is also amazing mm-hmm. because the entire set design in this house is like literal depression made decorum. Yes. It's outstanding. Yes. yes. Like everything is I mean it's good at what colors, it does. <laughs> it's so good at what it does. Like you're sucking like the more you're in this house cuz you're in the most like especially the most insane scenes happen directly in this house. Um everything has a dark panes gray. It's mm-hmm. like a bluish gray tint to everything, mm-hmm. which I think is fucking awesome because in a lot of films they'll do lighting in a way that's like gray or offset blue that would kind of mask things around like um, to show nighttime, almost like uh, John Carpenter's Halloween or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that would give those impressions, Mm -hmm. but actually using the set. No, we're just going to paint the set fucking weird off blue everywhere. Cause the house, what they built, they built this house. They built that. Yeah. For the whole thing's a set, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a two story house that they built in a studio 
that's why you don't really see any like outside shots of it because it could yes. or like mm. from the inside or whatever but yeah th- it's right. all lots of lots of heavy heavy shadows kind of like uh, i forget what movies they were comparing it to but if you think of you know your very first black and white those crazy sci-fi movies a trip to the moon i mean stuff that sh- you, yes. you see kind of like happening like when she's watching cabinet of later. dr caligari cabinet of dr caligari yeah absolutely i mean there's huge heavy references of uh 1920s and 1930s cinema in particular the babadook's character design mm-hmm. is actually directly based off of the lost film london after midnight yes and that is lon cheney's character of the man in the beaver hat which uh, at this point in history, we only actually have photographs. There is no functional print of this movie in right. existence at this right. point. So, which is also fucking weird. He had, oh my God, he had these weird like lens things that he put in his fucking eyeballs. So they made them like <laughs> extra fucking huge and off-putting. And apparently he did a gag where he actually had like spinny, like hypno eyes. Oh, that's fantastic, dude! Yeah, I I think <laughs> if I ever do anything divergent of of a movie time review, travel. oh, dude, mm. I'll, especially time travel. No, I'll get into uh, Lon Chaney. Lon Chaney is one of the most wackiest fucking special effects dudes in the history of cinema, and just the shit he pulled off, which is insane. But anyways, the Babadook is highly, heavily based off of that, and uh, well. I'll throw some photos and stuff online for you guys to kind of see the comparison. Oh, for sure. We learned something really important about Sam. Um, He is quite the inventor and has a particular line (laughs) of research. This line of research is Home Alone style murder machines to kill this monster that he's been that's been haunting uh-huh. his dreams. I think he got the same book that uh, Nancy has in A Nightmare on Elm Street, and just yes. like was working off of that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Especially the basement rigging. I mean, but like, yeah. he builds he okay, he builds a fucking crossbow, and then if you crossbows in, he builds a shoulder catapult. That thing like is that, so cool, and that thing is the thing rad. is they're so they work so well. <laughs> this yeah. kid is six years old, by the way. Yeah, this kid is Sam is only six years old, and he has like dead ass act. Well, I mean, actually, maybe not with the catapult. The catapult. Well, the catapult, you know, that's hey mom, check it out. Just like launches it through the window. (laughs) Through the fucking window. Goes it didn't break. Probably learned to do it on the internet, same place you got the snap caps or whatever. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, He also has a he has a really really fun spot for magic. Magic also plays Mm -hmm. plays a role. Oh yeah, that's endearing. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) oh god i have so many questions about the magic where did the dove go question mark where did the dove come from what six-year-old boy has access to a dove (laughs) yeah fucking like how did that happen (laughs) and through the catapult thing now obviously you know something's up with amelia but like in particular you kind of see this man i guess the best analogy for this woman is like she's porcelain and you're seeing the porcelain cracking progressively throughout the film. And by the end of it, like the porcelain uh, casing kind of comes off. Like you're starting to see little cracks in this. And <laughs> the reason it's mostly I, a lot of it is conjecture of like the her face realistically. And she's very a morose character throughout the entire thing. But a lot of these interactions between I feel Amelia and Sam, like I, I don't know, for me personally, I felt contempt the entire time they were together. And that might just be because of, you know, watching this movie of like a shit ton of times. <laughs> but 
I mean, I will, I will give you that, Sam. I think that may actually play into su- like at least my assumptions about the characters at this point. But it goes back to the monster being real thing. If it, if it's just her slowly snapping, then the monster isn't real. Otherwise, it's her getting possessed by a monster, right? <laughs> well, I think it's almost a combination of both. Yes. The more she's like kind of losing it, the stronger the monster's growing and influencing her until it finally goes in and that's what it yeah. causes like the actual like the really bad stuff you could say but totally. i feel like a lot of it leading up to that is still just like who, who knows like yeah what's what's eating off of each other or feeding into each other at, at, at this point of where you know how much of the babadook is created and influencing her at this point yeah. but i definitely still think it is a, a thing that is real in this universe and in well, i'm not sure i i'm undecided either way <laughs> perhaps we'll decide by the end of the night <laughs> well i hope we can convince you make you a I, yeah, true believer i think, I think the Bab- <laughs> yeah to me i think the babadook is real just because of well a few things that go on here amelia gets a call from sam's school where she works kind of like in this assisted living facility Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, guess who brought their homemade crossbow to school? <laughs> uh, you guessed it. Uh, yeah, they um, and the, at least at this point, you're kind of getting at a really introduction to the characters, but introduction to Sam because they go through a shopping list of behavioral problems. And uh, like most, uh, I, I guess, I guess it's kind of a forefront for Australians options for kids. Um, full isolation and one on one instruction for the rest of his tutelage. Uh, yeah, they're that Brutal. was their suggestion. Yeah, yeah. I was like, like damn, they do it <laughs> cold in Australia. I was like, <laughs> yeah. fuck. Which I mean, again, there's a lot of these decisions that are made by uh, Amelia that I really like, and she kind of like this weird like standing up or like as a parent, I'm like, okay, yeah, like that makes no goddamn sense. So yeah, she fucking literally calls bullshit on that and pulls him the fuck out of the school. And now we're kind of getting a sense of Sam's kind of like behavior kind of coming out. He's, man, this scene where he tells the lady um, that he's never met his dad because his dad is in the cemetery and he died in a car crash, which like, like basically the background where his father died driving Amelia to the hospital to have Sam and he had died in a car crash. This entire setup, I know he's six, but it's this like it's that truth diarrhea mouth, I guess would be the best way to put sam's behavior mm-hmm. yeah 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 that's accurate i don't i don't mind it at all like, yeah no he's it, like and that's i mean the mom just says he's like it's just like his father he just says what's on his mind exactly exactly mm-hmm. but it's a problem for her now and then later it's the same totally exact thing fine. and she's cool with it because she's the only one who changes <laughs> sam's yeah, not I mean, the problem realistically the more you watch this film yeah sam's fucking quirky but he is not like how he how i guess how he's perceived by a lot of the other characters in this film for me i think sam is one of the most rational characters in the film surrounded by kind of either not paying attention characters or just lunatics (laughs) well i mean i would agree to the fact because i mean i don't know how long his mom has really been this distant from him but this has been since he's been born. Six so, years. like, mm-hmm. that is a like child the- growing up in that. And I think a child growing up in that, for what that child is, he's doing pretty good. Because he still, we see, loves and cares about his mom and just wants kind of uh, them Thank to you. build a relationship. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad Absolutely. you guys are on my side on this. I I was 
almost certain that I was going to be the only Team Sam person, and you guys would be like, "That yeah. fucking kid sucks." No. Oh no, that no, that kid is amazing. And I mean, I will I, like that actor was so good, and the director was originally writer director. Um, Jennifer was Jennifer Kent. That's her name. Yeah, Jennifer Kent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was looking at like eight and nine year olds for the part, but she believed that all of them weren't like Dude, they just they like were too knowing. Is what she said. Kids. And the kid, this kid, Noah Wiseman is who they got. And he is the son of a psychologist or something or psychiatrist. A child psychologist. So, and Jennifer Kent was really concerned about his well-being on set. So, I mean, just to get into it, there's parts where the mom like is yelling and being really, really awful to the kid. In those scenes, Mm -hmm. the mom is like the kid's not being yelled at in, in real life. Like when the mom's yelling at someone, it's a a, a dull actor like standing on his knees or just like looking real low. Awesome. From her perspective. (laughs) And then like and then when the kid, I guess I what did she say? It was something along the line. She was like, I didn't want to destroy a childhood to make this film. So to get the reaction shots. She uh Wiseman would look like terrified and like say things like, I'm gonna take your Lego and throw it into the river. And and, I heard that part. I didn't hear the other part with the yeah. guy on his knees that's the guy awesome. on his knees because i hilarious. did look into <laughs> look into this movie a bit more than i have on others to try and be a little better prepared for conversation but that yeah that's incredible that yeah. that reminds me of the same thing real quick uh we talked about the beginning about him laying in bed and moving away from her and i don't know if it's already happened at this point in the movie but there's the point where where he gives her the hug um and he's Mm -hmm. squeezing her and she's like stop that and like pushes him away Mm -hmm. towards the beginning of the film and that to me was way more powerful of like hey this kid's being loving and she's putting a distance between them rather Mm -hmm. than this kid's being fucking like impossible (laughs) and putting a distance between them right totally no you get hints of like her trying to politely not want that kind of affection because he's a child and by the end of the movie it's just like just get the fuck away from me that actor uh noah wiseman mm-hmm. he, oh, dude i love this i have to put this i was gonna say this for the end but this is we're already talking about him as an actor to help him out with this film after every filming s- session was done they would quote unquote lock up the Baba Duke for the night so it wouldn't <laughs> follow him home like Aww. they made the Bob Duke so like, hey, just, hey, no, just let you know, we locked him up for the night. He's all here, so you don't even have to worry about him, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I feel like that, that all of that, like the care for for that actor, the child, and the care. There's so much care that I feel was put into this film. That oh that's my god, why... totally, dude. Like this had a this had a two million dollar. I know we're going all over the place, but this this movie had a two million dollar budget, which. Most of it was actually supplied by the Australian government and government entities. Mm-hmm. 30,000 of this was actually done on Kickstarter. So, yeah. like, there was, yeah, so, like, the end of this actually, like, toppled over uh, and it got, like, it basically, like, the last part of funding it needed from Kickstarter. How much of that was on the house, you think? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't well, know. Some of the, the, the effects, I know I they guess. said they, the, the <laughs> Kickstarter, most of the Kickstarter went towards, like, the art department or effects or something like yeah. that. So, I know they did a yeah. lot with that. And, oh, man, it's the only name, and I'm going to have to, like, write it in my description and say I'm sorry. Um, the, there was an American artist who did the pop-up book for this film, oh, and yeah. there were four versions of this book. So he made four handmade versions of this, and those are the four that you actually see in the film. Mm-hmm. And I think 
two of them or one of i don't know there's one that they actually burned but there was four original copies of like hand uh, fucking insane the book is fucking insane the book's awesome they did a like a, a a run of prints of it or something that you could order during like a special window the first 200 were signed by uh jennifer kent i believe yeah but like there was nine thousand or so made something along that line so you can find them on ebay for like i think the cheap is about a, a grand right now yeah that would holy sense. shit yeah <laughs> there's people i think that make reproductions you can get for a hundred dollars or so on like etsy oh okay people really like this movie huh <laughs> yeah yeah it's, no, it's grown into something quite crazy so to double down on uh the depression doozy of a day um sam also gets told uh that he is now kicked out of the annual double birthday uh, mm-hmm. That he's had every single year that he's been alive in lieu of a uh, in, like a princess party. She has Ruby has a princess party. I totally forgot what the actual party was because there's a fucking mime in it, which <laughs> made no sense. Uh, mm-hmm. You gotta have a mime at a princess party. Gotta have a mime. It was just, yeah. Like, this we is, get this is at the play after the playground, right? So this is the, the playground. So this is him when he climbs the the, the yeah. swing set and he kind of has that like meltdown with the like. You know, well, not a meltdown, but... What's well, not a meltdown. I mean, yeah, he's, he's... He climbs to the top of the playground and says he's going to jump off and smash a monster's crying head. Crying for attention, basically. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> and she's ignoring him the whole time. I was just going to say, if you've had these this kid who's having all these behavioral issues and you take him somewhere where there's, like, stuff to... Cl- like, I don't know. I don't know why she was not keeping an eye on him other than it's, like, the her being a parent but kind of ignoring her real <laughs> responsibilities. Yeah. It seems a lot of like Sam's character is over the top in a way because of how inactive Amelia is as a mother. Like I feel like, yes, like the more, that's a very good way to put yeah, it. Like he's hyperactive because she's just like recoiling all the time from him and not wanting to really do anything. And she keeps recoiling because he's so hyperactive. So again, it's playing off of each other, which is causing the yeah. problem. Right. And don't get me wrong. I feel for, and I feel for her too. Like, look, I don't it is like, difficult. I mean, yeah, at this point I do not like her as a character. She's a terrible yeah. person and like, just like completely selfish and, like and you and you're still starting to get hints well, of the, the fact grief that, that she's never been able to get past right? exactly because we're exactly. getting anytime we're, somebody would bring up the the dead husband oscar she say, like, she'd be like name. are you fucking kidding me why would you bring that up around me like yeah like yeah. no like don't even like like can't like deal anything with it and then mm-hmm. yeah. it's all culminating because it's coming up to sam's birthday so, I mean, it's yes. another year and like the birthday is also his death day. So I think that's like, right. which he's never celebrated on his actual day. The growth and of this. Also like there's something I, I was going to say, there's all these factors. Yeah. <laughs> go, go. Some, something I thought about with the trauma of it, like just uh, it's traumatic anyway to lose a loved one, mm-hmm. friend, family, significant other. But like the trauma of your husband dying and then being like, I got to give birth now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, is so I like I can't even begin to wrap my head around that. Like, because that's yeah. already pretty. I mean, it's joyous and miraculous, but pretty traumatic and stressful, too. You know, right. that's a whole ordeal to itself where, uh, yeah, I just it oh, it yeah. does add to the depth of her grief and not just that it's a 
annual thing, his birthday and the death day, but also makes the whole experience that much more traumatic. And I think a lot of the characters in the movie are starting to force her to almost have to experience this stuff and deal with it. Not necessarily they're telling her that, but like by putting the birthday party separately, that's that's putting more of a like I have to you tell have to Sam now that we can't have a party because, you know, she doesn't want to. Like that's like more bringing to the fact of, well, it's, you know, what are we supposed to do for your actual birth? Like like it's it's just bringing it to light more and that's, you know, bringing the the yeah. Babadook. Right. But then more. she ends up not even she makes it like it's her decision. She's like because you're behaving so badly, I've decided you can't do a double birthday anymore. So she doesn't. She's still well, I think not. That, that's like, just her being an asshole to him. Yeah. Like right. because it's she's just, terrible. But she's still not yeah. facing. She's not facing the real reasons. The grief still. She's still in denial. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's trying everything she can to avoid it. Yeah, it's not until later when she understands. But <laughs> totally. So we uh, after the. Oof. the king kong on the swing set uh we get kind of like the monster sweep and then sam picks a book off of the reading shelf and wouldn't you guess it's that's right it's the babadook mr so babadook is what mr. it's called babadook. it's that's a pop-up nasty. monotone nightmare with a red cover and uh it goes as follows hello there <laughs> if it's in a word or it's in a look you can't get rid of the Babadook. If you're really a clever one, and you know what it is to see, then you can make friends with a special one. A friend to you and me. His name is Mr. Babadook. And this is his book. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. Babadook. Duke. Duke. That's when you know that he's around. You'll see him if you look. This is what he wears on top. He's funny, don't you think? See him in your room at night, and you won't sleep a wink. I'll soon take off my funny disguise. Take heed of what you've read. Once you see what's underneath, you're going to wish you were dead. This isn't a fun children's book. Light reading. Does Light he reading hurt, for a child. Does he hurt the boy? <laughs> he, oh my god. Just I can you imagine okay, so just objectively having having children, like the idea that I that my daughter decides to pick a book off of just the normal reading thing, and I'm like, oh, we can read this one. And then it starts off like kinda weird. And then just gets to that while my daughter's climbing me like a spider monkey to try to actually see inside the book. Oh, I could relate so well to that <laughs> sheer look of terror she had while trying right. to flip through that fucking book. I was and then like, the, the cut to him sprawled across her lap, just like bawling. Scream. I do love all lap. the cuts of like, yeah, after like when he's on the, the swing set and then it's a cut to him in the car screaming and, and crying and then we the have here seat. and then yeah. it's like a cut to him screaming and crying. Yeah, there's a lot of like these just these like jarring, jarring cuts that, cut yeah, yeah, really yeah. add to yeah. it. But yeah, I mean, that book's Jeez. terrifying. If you like your kid. They're jarring cuts, but like you pretty much know exactly what happened. You're like, all right, she mm -hmm. saw him up there and yelled at him because it freaked her out and that made him flip out and now they're in the back of the car. He's freaking out. Same oh, thing yeah. Dude, with totally. the reading. Like, 
it's like it jumps real quick but it you can put the story together real fast which is why it's such a, like an intelligent well done mm-hmm. oh cut. yeah <laughs> it's very readable for as, as dark and gloomy as it is it's in very incredibly transparent on what it wants to convey so okay getting into the actual look of the book um if you've never seen this film before um it is a oh, man the illustrations in this book are like chalk impressionistic versions of Edward Gorey's children's books. So if you've ever seen like an <laughs> Edward Gorey children's book, it's very like um, Victorian Gothic. Yes. If that was done with like either pastels or chalk on that's the vibe I get where it's like it's a very impressionistic version of like how that would look. And it's fucking off putting like it's really well done. It's really well done. Every sequence of the book, it was just like, you know, when there's movies that have puppets and puppetry shit that's in book in the film (laughs) and you're like, oh, you had me. And now this is like, this is like hokey. I don't like this. Sure. None of that with this fucking book. Yeah. No, again, that goes to how the the art direction in this film, the look on the film, everything about this is so beautifully crafted. I feel like the book itself obviously had a love put into it and care put into it that i feel like it was executed very very well no matter how you kind of feel i mean the babadook kit maybe looks a little bit goofy at a lot of moments (laughs) like there's there's like this kind of thing to them or whatever but i feel like it was still looks really cool in my opinion yeah it's well because it's got to look kitty at i i felt like as the book went on like it starts off pretty goofy but the further the book goes on and then later as pages fill or whatever it like transforms and Mm -hmm. becomes bigger and eventually it's almost like a big shadow a being because yeah it talks about shedding its skin or whatever its costume and that costume i think is and how the book is being manifested and how the babadook is being manifested is all the things that are in her head and the kind of like how she sits there and watches these old shows at night and like that just seeps into her mind and all these like everything is like mm-hmm. that's how the look of the the babadook was created so like totally and it's that makes sense as you push further into the film the kind of how she's approaching sam is that the more she's recoiling away from this thing mm-hmm. the stronger it's getting so it's like as a physical manifestation of grief like the more she pushes away from confronting it the bigger it gets and the more ominous it is around her and her surroundings as this as she's trying to purposely avoid it we get oh my god okay so this whole vibrator scene yeah um is which <sighs> speaking on that brian you mentioned the t her watching tv and it's sinking into her mind i was just about to be like yeah it does because she's watching some smooching and then goes off stairs yeah. for a little self-love <laughs> yeah she sees the making up she's like all right bet got this um Oh my god. So yeah, so she wants a little privacy, so she brings all the uh, nine volt uh vibe master and Yeah, that thing was straight out of like the eighties and I'm surprised that vibrator didn't have a fucking foot pedal. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. it, was that, it was that old. Hey, I was like if old faithful gets you that shit, why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if hey, if it's been if it's if it's done the job for 50 years, just keep on using it. <laughs> That's actually a family heirloom. I'm not up on the latest mozzle models. It looked normal to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you you got to start checking out what they're putting out there now, Sam. Yeah. It's space age. Shit. Revolutionary. So while so simultaneously while fucking the self-love sessions going on, uh, Sam's seeing something in his room. So, of course, 
uh, he needs to be the fucking clam jam cock blocker of the century and fucking <laughs> jump directly into that fucking room, like literally right at O face, which is like the worst. Just like, oh my god, the situ- this is a movie so good about just making the worst out of every situation. Right. Where it's like, what's the worst outcome that you could possibly think of? Got it. Okay, perfect. Not That's to fine. come. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to orgasm. I think that was the moment I felt most for uh, Amelia. <laughs> yes. Is that her yeah. name? The mom? That was the only time, like, more than any other point of the movie, I was like, damn, that this is rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't even, Sometimes you can't you just even want to get one piece. off. And, yeah, yeah. Like, she can't even fucking crack. And then it I like off. how she, she like, throws it on the ground. I was like, how long did it stay there? Did she pick it up overnight? Or? Fucked it out the window. I would, right, I would assume. She had to have turned it off, right? Otherwise, it'd just, <laughs> it'd be just like, been hopping around. around the floor. On the floor. <laughs> <laughs> What's that sound, mommy? Don't, it's the Bubba Duck. Babadook, you better uh That's the you better go under the covers, I'll take care of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the buzz of duke duke duke. I... Oh my god. Alright, so um we Baba do get a really Dick. cool under the blanket speed travel. I love these speed yes. mm-hmm. like night to day sequences are fucking so Me too. good. God damn it. So well cut again, like a lot of the stuff that's done so intelligently in this movie. To me, it was kind of speaking to like, you know, when you go to sleep and then you wake up and you're like, did I even fall asleep? Like, it feels like you got no sleep at all. You just put your head down and it's the morning. And that's kind of happening to her and her kind of running her ragged more so and making her even more tired. It's such like a smart way to illustrate that. Huge. And like, it's super trippy, but the way that the ecosystem of this film is set up, it's it jives so well. Like, it's like when you, in certain films, when you have mm-hmm. these sequences, it feels like you get pulled out of the movie and then thrown back in, reverting back to our lost episode, Blood the Mask, where they had those crazy action sequences that kind of... Skull. It, Skull the Mask. Blood. Yep. It had blood and skulls. It's so <laughs> lost, I forgot the title. Uh, so Skull the Mask. No, it's but it's like those action sequences that, like, came out of nowhere. Yes. Like, if they were them by themselves, it would have been great. But like throwing them in the middle of the fucking movie yes. made no oh sense. Oh my god, I forgot. That's right. That had that movie had some like really beautiful, awesome scenes that just like popped in there. <laughs> it's very yes. jarring. But yeah, all of these that church scene flow together yeah. so well. Yes, exactly. So like this one was seemed f- seamless. It was just fucking great. Talking about the surrealness of that stuff, another one which we were past, but I thought was really well done was uh, when the the sisters watching the little boy and she's working. The mom's at work and the guy's like, oh, well, I'll let you take the afternoon off. I don't know if yes. that already happened in the sequence of what we're talking about. Uh, no, it hasn't happened um, yet, but yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, she goes to like the mall or something and gets an ice cream cone and just like has time to herself. But the way that's all shot again is very yeah. dreamlike. <laughs> it's like dreamy claustrophobic. Like it's just very like tight shots, but it's weird because like even the dream se- sequence is like it's up close. But everything around her is like in zero, G, like it's just zero G. Well, she's still just constantly in this state of like where you're just drifting and not, you know, confronting the grief at all. You're just drifting through life. Everything yeah. is like almost autopilot. And it's like, yeah, she got a moment to herself, but it's still just like still. Yeah. Even in those small moments, there's still so much shit going on. It's like, how do you process everything and like feel like you can handle and deal with it all oh my god totally and still and like, push least... away the stuff you don't want to deal with <laughs> yeah yeah do <laughs> it's like like throwing it in the locker until the locker is just like almost about to explode 
but yeah no sam you said it right so like basically she even has like trying to get a reprieve from like having ice cream in the mall and hanging out and even that doesn't fucking work out at all uh because uh, she fucking gets a call 10 missed calls from her sister that he's been babadooking babadooking Babadookin, Babadookin. Uh, up the entire God, Babadookin, uh up the entire household with the stories and talking to things that aren't there, and the entire family is fucking over it. Like they are, yeah. like you, yeah. Ten calls in. You know what? We're just gonna, yeah, just not even. And then he's, he's like, well, because he's like, yeah, scared the shit out of the little girl. Oh, he Ruby. just kept talking yeah, about yeah, the Ruby. crazy monster creature. Totally. And then he doubles down and then yeah. tells his mom, it's gonna not, it's gonna, it needs to scare her first. Yes. And then it's gonna eat her fucking guts. Wow. Wow. Just, oh my God, that entire series was like, well, oh he doesn't God. use such salty language. He doesn't say fucking. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all right, fine. Given. It's implied. It's an implied fucking. Hey, mom, it's going to scare you, then it's going to eat your fucking guts. <laughs> he just says, eat your guts, okay? It's your I, actually, I did want to point that out because she does curse at him later a few mm-hmm. times. Yes. Which is the to only reason shit. why I brought up the difference. To eat a dookie. You're so hungry. Eat a Duke Duke, a Baba Duke Duke. I got a <laughs> Baba Duke brewing right now. <laughs> oh, perfect. Another thing that's kind of touched on the entire sequence of Sam uh, being in the basement playing with his father's things. I do really like the perception of really digging deep into the idea of possession of grief and the ownership of someone's stuff after they pass. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's a that was a really weird, powerful scene for me because it's like Sam made a really very honest valid argument that he wants to see his father's possessions because it's yeah. like it's I he's know trying it's to connect husband. yeah because that's trying to find dad. his yeah, dad yeah yeah like you, that one. you don't own him mm-hmm. yeah you don't own yeah. him yeah like that's a man that one fucking that entire one got fucking <laughs> so i'm just gonna completely glaze over the assisted living love interest because like that happens for like two fucking seconds and then just pops out I'm going to go into the basement scene where Amelia sees the aftermath of all the shit that Sam did. Like he kind of like upturned all of his, his father was a musician. There's like musical notes all over the place. There's like pictures. There's like records laying all over. Sheet music. Yeah. <laughs> it's not music notes all over the place. There are. There was ha- there was full notes. There was half notes. There's treble clefs. <laughs> it was strewn all over the place. There was not. Do you know how long it took her to pick all those notes up and put them back on the page? No wonder she was so it's fucking like a seventy year old Disney movie. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. So actually, buddy, my first. Uh, I love this. And it's really, it's a great gag because it's really disturbing, but it's a fucking like a no brainer on the cost scale. Like the clothes mannequin or the clothes person that's hung up on the wall Mm -hmm. in the basement was like fucking great because it's gross. (laughs) It's just like, ew, okay, hate that. That's cool though. I did like that. I found it, I guess, a little off-putting, but also at the same time, I was like, oh, look at that. He made his dad's clothes into, like, a little person. Poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was really feeling for Sam. Totally. Oh, of course. Maybe yeah. it's a name thing. No, I think I, I think a lot of people are. I don't know if there's yeah. a... I mean, I don't talk to a lot of people about this movie, so I don't know what, like, the feelings are towards Sam, but I think well, I, all of us I... are on the side of him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you see both perspectives. We all are. I've I've done some a little bit of research before this one more than I would have normally. Uh-huh. Uh watched some people talk about it on YouTube and some little podcast reviews, shorter ones, and 
people are do not like Sam for the most That's part. So yeah. funny. Well, Sam, <laughs> well, do you, like, well, Sam's an. I mean, I, I get. I see. I get that because it's like Sam's an intense character, and I think when you first view this movie, you're told so many times that he has behavioral problems. So you're taking his outbursts for help as like manic outbursts of like a really fucked up kid versus a kid in distress that needs his mom like i think i I mean even if it's like i think that's just people's terrible mentality of treating children like they need to be like perfect or whatever if it is like these outbursts of i don't know whatever they are i think there's no reason to be angry at the child (laughs) in this movie it's all the mother is not handling this child well in what these situations are and giving him love and attention at all yeah, like the, yeah no, this woman's been on autopilot for almost seven years you know what i mean like I yeah say. well i mean i have had difficult moments with my son and he's nothing like that but there are times where i'm like i know why parents want to hit kids i don't do it <laughs> but i get it and so like i i understand getting frustrated you're not mm-hmm. always going to like want to you'll be at your wits end but yeah there she again pushes away his love when he's there with it which is like a whole separate thing and that bites her in the ass uh because at fucking dinner it doesn't get any better because there's glass in her soup like (laughs) uh it was the babadook (laughs) it was was, was the babadook he has he has glass cut lacerations on all those hands he goes i don't know just it was the babadook oh man She's like, this kid put glass in my fucking porridge or whatever slop they yeah. were eating. What was that? Yeah, I don't even know. It was clam chowder. <laughs> it's just it's glass. Australian in my clam, clam chowder. chowder. So did the kid? Do you think chowder. he put the glass in there? No. No. Okay. I think. Yeah. No. No. I think. But obviously, yeah. she did. The implication is that there's no one else in the house. It had to have been him. Where like this is the scary. Like this is like the yeah like the Babadook's now scaring her into this. You know, but it's like, right. Oh my God. Could you imagine just like going and then just like, just shards of just a bunch eating of glass. Fucking white sauce. Oh my God. Eating your bowl of Alfredo yeah. sauce. Alfredo. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't do, it doesn't even get better because then the photo. Open up a jar of Alfredo, pour it into a bowl. <laughs> the glass came, <laughs> the glass was in the jar. It was a manufacturer. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just smashed the jar into the pot and just started cooking it. <laughs> You're, you're going you're to Alfredo's eat ready. You're going to eat your Alfredo and you're going to like it. Oh my God. Oh yeah. So then the photo gets fucked up of Amelia and Oscar, which is also gets like this. I think this is the point in the blamed movie. Blamed on Sam. It also blamed on Sam. So like this is here, like this is the pinnacle point where I feel the two plot ideas are going neck and neck. Either like Amelia um, has a psychologically disturbed six-year-old who's potentially trying to harm her at this point or we have a six-year-old who actually knows monsters exist and is having like an existential crisis nightmare and is losing it and losing his mind over the fact everyone's not paying attention and, and no one cares and there are actual monsters i'm voting for sam i think we've all kind of assessed this is that the mom's going slowly crazy and sam is like sam is our dude at this point which makes it so much more McAllister. i realize that this is a really fucked up version of like home alone except there's a monster involved sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh well especially at the end the basement i mean it had been set up you're waiting for like pretty much from the beginning you're waiting for him to get to use these toys against the, the mo- what what i thought was going to be the baba duke not the mama duke but hey. so it was uh, yeah. yeah 
Oh, yeah. This one was actually really fucking crazy. Uh, the wardrobe dresser crashing down, and then Sam under the bed in that weird fucking, like, half catatonic state. Like, where, like, I guess the Babadook had tried to attack him. I guess this one, this this scene got to me in particular. My grandmother had a very similar wardrobe, <laughs> like, big-ass fucking sure. closet dresser thing. I had a fear about that as a kid about that falling on me all the time <laughs> like fucking like because it was like it was not built right like that thing i was like oh my god i'm gonna, I'm gonna look at that thing wrong and that thing's gonna just fucking crush and kill me so this one I'm a little it, this, worrisome this one baby ross oh. yeah i was like oh no like oh man that's a big wardrobe i don't walk oh, by man. the fridge anymore it's too big <laughs> it's too big i hate it oh jesus christ oh and also lo and behold uh the goddamn book is back in the fucking bedroom uh, mm-hmm. she had hidden it the first time. Uh, and then, oh my God, dude, like, I like the fact that the Babadook is like the fucking German cockroach of creepers. Like he, like you think he's gone and then he's back again. And then you try to exterminate him even more and you're like, oh, this is great. And then he's fucking back again. Well, it's, I mean, he's coming back stronger each time. There's, well, there's, yeah. there's, it's like, it's more intense every single time he comes back because of the denial dude. So mm-hmm. like, I, so she logically fucking rips this book apart and then tosses it. Okay, so now we start getting like the flickering lights and the bumps in the night mm-hmm. going on in the actual house. Do you know what's a really good palate cleanser for you know that kind of weird scare where like your kids like fucked up underneath the bed, a bunch of other stuff? Oh yeah, a six-year-old's princess birthday party <laughs> that you were ousted from mm. in a sea of judgmental moms who look the exact same. It was like watching Stepford Wives level group shopping. It was fucking so weird how all the other moms looked exactly the same. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a strange scene. I'm not sure how I feel. I don't know what they were trying to say with that with that scene. <laughs> with the other moms and they're like, you know, I help disadvantaged women. and But now my husband's working so much I can't go to the gym. And she kind of flips out on them. Like, Well, it's the, um, I don't know, it's like man on high castle thing. It's like they've never really experienced that level of grief. So, like, they're just, like, they're sympathizing, but they're not getting it. You know what I mean? Even at the point of, like, oh, like, you know, I helped all these Oh, so they were, like, trying to connect, but then still not connecting. Exactly. Right. Half-heartedly trying to make a connection. Where it's like, oh, I worked with women who lost their husbands. And and at the same time, too, she still doesn't want to deal with, like, that shit. So, the fact that they're bringing it up and not even... She doesn't want any connection. Yeah. But, yeah, so she's going to be mad for whatever reason, I think, in that scene. Yeah. But it just it's the extra layer that they are like not that that it's almost that that false sense of like connection. I'm trying to connect with you because it'll make me feel better. Exactly. I'm doing the right Mm -hmm. thing to help you. It's like parasitic empathy. Like it's that. Now that I think about it, everybody that tries to connect with her like that, that is one type that is obviously sort of like a fake, like it's to make me feel better Mm -hmm. about myself type of one. But the guy from her work that she that like probably has a crush on her we oh, think sure. yeah is trying to connect with her and totally cutting him out and uh the nice neighbor lady too she's also just kind of being pushed out you know because because i oh, think cool. all these and people I, and the sister like everybody and all these people that are either trying to make genuine connections or not are are again forcing her those things are forcing her to think about her husband or her, yeah, her husband right like a relationship with a man mm-hmm. Or somebody speaking about the husband or the sister being straight up like, yeah. you need to get over it. Right. Yeah. A lot yeah. of this is kind of like, uh, it's funneling down to a central point of her having to embrace this 
grief of the what's going mm-hmm. on. But I will give her credit. I just like I really enjoyed her fucking telling these women to suck it. Like that was a like that was a really empowering scene where it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. no, yeah, that must be really fucking hard for you, huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like, ooh, get it. Um, also, guys, who the fuck hires a fucking mind clown for a six year old princess party? Like I mean, that is I don't so. Know. It's. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I got enraged by that. I, it's like setting up a theme party and then having You've... just a. <laughs> She's a princess. Maybe she wanted her You've... a mime. She yeah. can have what she wants. Uh, Ross has clearly never been to a six-year-old princess party in Australia. That's all I have to say. You know, I think you're probably 100% right. Not but yet. I will make the argument. Thriving that... mime economy over down down under. <laughs> down under. <laughs> Full on. Full on mime community. Oh, my God. All right. So, all right. I'm going to say this, though. If uh, they had had better entertainment than, oh, man, than Ruby... Uh, who is Sam's cousin, who's the birthday party's for, uh, probably would not have been fucking force-pushed out of the treehouse. She did kind of deserve it, though. Okay, she kind of deserved it. I don't... She, like. I, she deserved it. I hated her more than I hated those moms in the kitchen. I was like, this fucking little girl sucks. She's like, you don't deserve a dad. Or She was horrible. Wait, it was yeah. even more than, like, your dad's up. dead. It was like, you're so fucking weird, like, a dad wouldn't want you type of thing. I was like, yes. oh, man, give it to her, Sam. Totally. Well, I think you could almost think the comparison of like the scene before that with the 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 moms and the the mean the mean girls there doing their yeah. thing. Like, of course, mm-hmm. that's affected the da- uh, the daughter Ruby, and now she's yeah. almost like saying what yeah. they would say, like what she's probably heard these people talk about behind. Exactly, dude. They're both the dealing with the exact same aggression, but they're dealing with it in two different manners. And like, but then like yeah. Sam's six years old. He's like, children just that. like saying it like exactly. and just being completely mean yeah that girl is so mean about it so on the she's Christ, so yeah fucking breaks her breaks her nose in two places and is like watch the children the drive home gets to a boiling point as sam like looks next to him and then he's looking in the back seat and clearly he's seeing something that mom isn't and then all of a sudden he goes from like screaming to looking to screaming and then um, he literally like locks up. He like he seizes up. So we get to this point where he goes to the hospital yeah. where they describe it as basically I forget the, there was a medical term for it, but it was like brain overheating yeah. is how he kind of described it. Yeah. So like, Amelia. Oh, yeah. His brain overheated. <laughs> was this a scene in the car? Uh, was this why can't you be normal or does that happen later? <laughs> No, 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 no. That happens in the car ride. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know that that's a around. pretty mm-hmm. popular meme that's out there now. Yes. The, why can't you be normal? And then him in the mm-hmm. back, like, no, look into the kid and it'll be, you know, 2020. What we'll say underneath him. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun. At least, oh man, like Amelia, this scene talking about, this is the first time outside of her bubble that she's actively asked for help. And it's a really gut-wrenching scene. I don't know. I thought it was a really gut-wrenching scene between the the doctor and Amelia in the scene where, like, she hasn't slept. She's being very adamant about the fact she goes, she cannot handle this, what's going on. Well, again, uh, I think anyway. she's asking for help in the wrong way. She's still trying exactly. to push it away. Right. And not deal with she it. She needs help. Yeah. <laughs> Sam exactly. doesn't need help. She needs help. Yeah. yeah. So uh, taking, uh, taking a nod to American uh, uh, physicians. Yeah. She just gives him sedatives. Here's a week's worth of sedatives. He might get a little nauseous, but he should be pretty much blacked out for most of the time. <laughs> just like, Which oh, leads God. to one of my favorite 
things that happens a little later. So he takes the I, yeah. This one. Most parents only want this if things are really bad. She's like, they're really bad. Bad. They're they're really really bad. Um, You're I do love only this exacerbating line. fucking everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do really like this line. I promise to protect you if you promise to protect me. I really like the idea. Like, I won't bring up the Babadook again, but like, I need to know. He's such a sweet kid. He really is. <laughs> He's weird as all hell, but he's such a sweet kid. Just that whole thing. That goes back to, I think, the actor Noah, and that's one of the things that uh, Jennifer Kent looked for was the, and she loved the innocence that she felt mm-hmm. he delivered from it, and couldn't get from the older child actors she was trying before. Oh, totally. And you can feel it. Yeah, he's a, a yeah, sweet child. A, I don't understand people a, yeah. that would be mad oh, at yeah. this kid. <laughs> no. No, I think like I mean I can understand like yeah, I can understand being frustrated at, at situations yeah, that right. this kid is doing, but to be like mad and blaming the child is no. In all, in, well, in all transparency, the first time I watched this movie, I I didn't like either one of them. Like I didn't really, I wasn't in, I wasn't necessarily out of Sam's corner, but I wasn't necessarily in it either. You know what I mean? I was like, God, he's like, man, this like both of these guys are just fine. It was just that I kind of like fire that. and ice type thing. But then by second watching and knowing the atmosphere of the movie, like I every time I watch this, I'm more and more on Sam's side. <laughs> every time I see it, I'm just like, yeah. To be fair, I've only seen it the one time, but I was kind of on both their sides the first time I saw it, I guess. I yeah. felt bad for him and I felt bad for her. And I've only seen it the once, so maybe it'll evolve. But I really tried to reflect on this movie um, more before our conversation and think about it more and learn about it more and different things. And the more I've done that, the more I've been like, this mom sucks. She just needs to like face up. Like it again, it's the grief. It's not her. It's because she won't mm-hmm. deal with she's, it. She stays in den- denial, but I do not feel for her anymore, especially as, you know, everybody's gone through their own traumas, but. I have, and uh, don't do what she does. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, I agree with that. Everybody goes to their own things, deals with things in their own way. I think the reason that we're so against her is because it's it's hers has gone on for so long, and I don't want to put like, oh, you should get over it quicker, but it's the fact that it's affecting someone else, and especially the fact that it's a child and her child so much is why. Yeah. You know, we're so <laughs> upset with that. Mm-hmm. It because it affects more than just her, but also, I don't think she's ever tried to get over it. That's the like, thing too. It's not yes. like she's act. She's it's just actively always pushing her way, and that's what she thinks is the way of properly dealing with it. And right. it's, yeah, and it's, and it's absolutely not. And you can tell that it's not because <laughs> uh, after a fucking good night's sleep. Oh yeah, she, she drugged him, down, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then she slept, and she was like, oh, "God, that entire scene of her walking down the stairs was like, I'm walking on sunshine." Woo! <laughs> uh, she gets this loud knock on the door. Oh yeah, and uh, guess who came back? That's right, the fucking book. The book's yeah. back, baby. Three knocks, right? Three knocks, because that's like how the he knocks. Duck, duck, it, duck. Yep, and it was a, it was a soft one to start. She opens it, doesn't see anything, goes back, and it's that boom, doop, doop. Duke. Guys, there's some new Maybe chapters. Maybe Duke is knocking Australian. <laughs> Duke, that's not Duke. Australian. There are new chapters, gentlemen. Yes, and, the uh, story develops. They go like this. I'll wager with you. I'll make you a bet. The more you deny, the stronger I get. 
you start to change when I get in the Babadook growing right under your skin. Oh, come see what's underneath. Gross. Gross. <laughs> Especially when you say this. it like that. Jeez. <laughs> This yeah, and the fact that the book, uh, and it's clearly the book that she ripped up because all the pages are like taped back yes. together and put back together. And right, like, it's not like a magical new book. This is it's not just the book that she book. tried yeah. to destroy. And, uh, and new Mr. Fucking... Babadook. Because yeah. that would be the better. Would, <laughs> the new and improved Mr. Babadook. Um, <laughs> the new illustrations are now turning into a possessed or enraged Amelia killing her dog and then mm, her mm-hmm. son being fully possessed by the babadook the dog neck snapping scene was insane all of the puppetry that was done in this was like beautifully done in the book so off-putting in the book is so off-putting yeah it's holy shit like that entire one so it's like oh my god so at this part in the book is where it kind of tells her that like you're gonna Go crazy, you're gonna kill your dog and kill your kid and then slit your throat. Slit your own right? throat. And then it's, yeah, and then the, like and I did like when, that the way the blood came down the throat yeah, and pop up. Down her, yes. It's yeah, so good. Beautiful. Even okay. the dog's neck snapping scene where it flips over itself. Like they're all functioning. Like, yeah. yeah. It's fucking it, it, it's, just, it's it's trying to operate and look like, you know, a pop up book where you pull the tabs and do all the things and it, it moves yes. stuff around mm-hmm. on the page. Yeah. yeah. It's it's beautiful so shot. So when I saw all that, I was like, okay, so this movie, she, I guess, she's gonna be the Babadook or be possessed or whatever. She's gonna do all these things. And I was like, so we'll probably see her kill the dog, but she won't kill the kid or herself and somehow live. <laughs> and yeah, we yeah. haven't even mentioned the dog at this point. Like as soon as I saw the dog, in they got movie, a nice dog, Mister Cute Little Bugsy uh, guy, yeah, Bugsy. Yeah, and he's adorable. Then especially when you see the scene, you're like, oh fuck, we know it's gonna come. So you if know you're, exactly what's gonna you're waiting happen. for it, it does happen in this. You know, in movies, we're like, oh my gosh, this character's the puppy. Mm-hmm. There's a the little puppy's the puppy <laughs> in this in this movie. Quite literally. Oh, also completely forgot to tell you guys the babadook has a burner cell phone and he fucking calls the house yes he does <laughs> babadook, dog, dog. Oh. that is like a, a pit call if i've ever heard one oh, hell man, yeah totally dude um and i mean again like kind of like a new year's evil i mean like i'm not disagreeing with any of the character choice moves in this she goes straight to the cops like I think that's a like a legit like legitimate thing. Oh, forgot to tell you, she burns the book after reading all of the insane shit, so mm-hmm. that there's no physical copy mm-hmm. of this. Which he winds up telling the fucking police, and the police are like, uh, "Yeah, we can't help you. You don't have a uh, physical copy. I don't know what to tell you." Burned it, did you? <laughs> you know, like, which I guess makes sense because it's like the book told me that he's gonna call. Because how'd you know it was him? Because of the book. Where's the book? The book's gone guys oh, oh right behind the cop this creep poke scene of seeing the babadook hanging the coat with the fingers 
behind the cop was fucking the first time I saw that. It wasn't a jump scare that I was scared of. It was a jump scare that I was like, what the fuck? Oh my God, that's so gross. Like, it wasn't like, <laughs> it was just like, ugh, goo. Just saying, as you know, yeah, his coat. And I was like, oh my fingers. God, the cop's the Baba Duke. <laughs> <laughs> Coppa Duke. Cop a duke, 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 duke. Uh, uh, yeah, that was just like so. She, obviously, she fucking eighty sixes it out of there. And speaking of goddamn gross, can we talk about the fucking wall full of cockroaches? That scene mm-hmm. behind the fridge. It was just so the Baba Duke's real. Mm-hmm. I'm going with you guys here, yes. and he's clearly got like magic powers. Things. Yeah, yeah. Because he I like believe. makes them all come through the wall, and then she goes back, and it's completely sealed up. And there's a yeah. few other moments I'm, like that where well, it's I like, think it's, well, I'm that treating the she's, Bob- if she's, <laughs> go yeah, ahead. No, no, no. I'm treating the Babadook like the poltergeist in Poltergeist, as in like the, the like the like they're affecting, like they're causing hallucin. He's causing hallucinations. He's doing physical stuff to the house, and he's physically manifesting within the walls of the house. And also, I guess technically outside because you you do see him in the in the police station, but it's like I I was kind of going with he's like the Toby the Cooper. Too. Well, I I think he's just like manifesting a lot of the stuff that's going on in the house as well. I mean, if you look at the kitchen, the pots and pans, the house is getting more and more disgusting. Like it's always kind of in this place where like she doesn't really clean up much, and that's no. getting worse. So oh, does it get grosser, th- like guess, dirtier yeah. throughout the movie? Nice. That's and like I think that's still like so the cockroaches are uh, another, in my opinion, a representation of the disarray of the house and how disgusting that is, and just like adding to everything there. Because even when it's in her car, uh, at one point when she starts, like like the car's pretty gross, isn't there? Like trash around in there and stuff too. So it's just uh, I feel like yeah, just yeah, all these things that she hasn't been able to you know properly deal with or attend to. It's just more manifestations that the Babadook creates. Yes, and it's causing like more just havoc in her life. Uh, dude, okay. So if you didn't think it'd get worse, I feel like the 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 level of bad luck is like getting to like three Stooges level at this point in the movie because child services show up. Oh yeah, and. Oh my god, this whole fucking scene. A little different than he in the States. He complains about the drugs Bob's gives him. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs> oh my god. I was like, oh my god. And then, like, you're, wouldn't you know, the hole in the wall that was vomiting, like, vomiting cockroaches doesn't exist. So she's like, I had a hole in the mm-hmm. the wall. The wallpaper? The wallpaper. It was the wallpaper. No, don't even don't even She's worry about that. Super stressed out in total disarray, like looking like a completely crazy person. Her son's mm-hmm. like, I feel sick because the medicine you're giving me or the drugs you're giving me or whatever. Yes. And the child service yes. people are like, we'll come back at a better time. Like, yeah, we're going to come they're back. Like, you got one it week. seems like the best time for you to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They're like, hmm. oh, you know what? We'll give you a week. <laughs> like you should uh yeah, that was, you know what give it a business week we'll come back we'll figure it out so we get a, another peekaboo from the babadook uh from the neighbor's house yeah he's chilling out there he's just checking out the neighbor that, out the that was a creepy moment mrs roach yeah oh my god is that her name yeah i think a lot of these yeah yeah I wonder why. And that night, we kind of get an up close and personal visit. Oh, wait for who? Why her name is Mrs. Roach? I'm sure there was an intent behind it, but yeah. No, if you're Mrs. Roach, could you email us at chuddledthepod at gmail dot com and let us know why you're called 
Well, I'm, I'm sure. Ge- <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure Jennifer I, I, Kent is listening. So just go uh, ahead. Yeah, and, let's just go know, straight we'll to the source. To her. She's yeah, yeah. We know Jennifer Kent's listening. I'm not sure if Barbara yeah. West, who played Mrs. <laughs> Roach, is listening. True. Oh my god. Yeah. So we get an up close to personal visit. Okay. So this is such a creepy scene with the door opening, and then we hear this fucking thing skitter. And yes, I said the goddamn word skitter because it is, it's almost, it's an insect. Like it moves like an insect and it has sounds like an insect. Yeah. It has like, like a chirping. Oh, this one that came like, in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is roof skittering. It comes in the bedroom part. Yeah. When it crawls on the fucking ceiling and is like scaling the ceiling and then descends down on her. Mm-hmm. That part, once it was on the ceiling, it didn't, I, I kind of took me out of it actually, but the, there's like the three knocking type sounds, but they sound mm-hmm. kind of weird. It's not quite a knock. And then the dog comes in and it's Bubsy. Bubsy, yes, I believe. And the dog, Bugsy. Yeah. And the dog comes in, which another name like a roach, Bugsy, anyway, mm-hmm. comes in and you're like, just a dog. And then you hear the same noises again and it creaks open and you kind of see the part fingers. of an arm and hand yes. is clearly Babadook comes in and whooshes back. That gave me actual chills, which does not happen anymore. Um, I was like, geez, that is... Chasing the dragon. Oh, boy. But then once it was up on the ceiling and kind of skittering across, I was like, oh, lost it. Don't have it anymore. (laughs) Well, I think that's one of the coolest things about how the Babadook is portrayed is that it gives me such heavy Nosferatu vibes in, in a really beautiful like also it hides all the time like the i think that scene gets me the most is that he didn't he he, like he skitters but like he he, you see him kind of poke out and then he immediately like darts into the darkness so you can't actually see Mm -hmm. him shy of like like a roach of him or you know like the point of like if you confront your grief and bring it to light and and deal with it 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 will back away and like it'll recoil and yeah (laughs) exactly it th- that's the thing that'll actually start shrinking and like well and like as you said with the nosferatu look i mean it goes back to when she's like watching all these late night movies of all these old yes. 20s and 30s uh sci-fi films and stuff that is again her mind creating this character that's the the mask that it has over itself and then ultimately is this whatever shadow creature of grief totally Yes, and actually bring that up specifically to that point is that she fucking pieces out with Sam and runs downstairs. We lead into one of my personal fucking... Does she? Oh. Yeah, she literally picks... She goes, okay, we're getting out of here, and then she hops up and what fucking What are the times downstairs. where she hides under the covers? Because that happens a couple times where I would have been That's like... this time, I thought. No way would I hide under the covers. I would go over to whatever that is and confront it, which... Mm-hmm. again though makes sense from a storytelling perspective in her of hiding from the problem again instead mm-hmm. of facing it yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. all right so now we get to my favorite and personal favorite fucking the, the favorite my favorite your favorite maybe not this is the series of turn of the century silent films using like early special effects mm-hmm. work with a special guest star the fucking bob duke uh yes we actually get to see him as like a functional creature in the parameters of these silent films and it's so good like there's like a spoof not a spoof but it's like the uh cabinet actor caligari homage is, is par- homage uh we do have a little bit of trip to the moon we mm-hmm. also have uh mm-hmm. so good so fucking good that entire sequence i was like oh, mm, mm, chef's kiss mm. 
the time fluctuations also start kind of getting really heavy now. And we kind of get to the breaking point. Like now we're yeah. at the but like okay, so like okay, yeah, let's get we're, that. We're <laughs> yeah, because the, the Babadook point. had come down into her from the ceiling. We could, maybe we kind of skipped over that, but when it's skittering on the ceiling, it jumps down kind of into her mouth. Is it, yeah, idea it's like it's right? trying, so it's, it's kind trying of to get it. gone inside her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I think at this point it's like made made itself known, but it hasn't uh, fully able to take itself into her exactly exactly so yeah like we're at the breaking point possibly at the mental breakdown bus stop just fucking amelia tells her kid to eat shit like i bet she's like just goes to bed and he's like mom i'm, I'm really hungry um but there's no food or anything can i and then she goes eat your shit I'm like if you're self he's like come on like the medicine i took the medicine you want me to take but i need food because it makes me sick please mom i'm hungry please uh-huh. yeah. She's a tur- oh. yeah gets up and turns to him he's like if you're so hungry you can eat shit i was like Woo, damn oh, god damn yeah yeah like she tries to apologize yeah, right after that cross the line yeah no exactly damage Damage is done, dude. This damage is the is point done. where where if you don't assess and properly deal with your grief, that it will take over your life and destroy everything around you, I think is the point of this. And it's oh, absolutely. doing that. Absolutely. We're agree. at that point. Yes. Yeah. We're getting to that. But yeah, because the because the uh it's turning into anger. And the anger is now uh, turns to hate and hate to turns hate. to anger leads to else. hate, hate Happy leads shorts. to fear, fear leads to suffering. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. To hate suffering. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so they go as kind of like a, a penance thing. They kind of go out to eat. Uh, but guess who's on the car on the way home? The fucking Babadook and goddamn cockroaches. That is a double fucking whammy. And that's when uh, they get so Baba I- shook, shook, shook. Yeah, oh my god. Oh. So she gets into a car. Are you a crook son or are you a Baba Shook one? <laughs> I'm a Baba Shook, Shook, Shook. Yeah, so we, oh, I like that hit and run. It's not necessarily, it's not a possession level hit and run with bodies flying out of the trunk, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we get to fucking Amelia hiding in the goddamn bathtub, fully clothed, brings Sam in, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, she brings her dead husband's violin upstairs and starts like coddling it on the bed i like at this point sam literally is giving the most sound advice by saying that they should probably not stay in the house and they should fucking leave and uh, yeah. uh instead uh we get a uh spiraling out amelia hearing voices catching her son trying to call for help uh mm-hmm. then threatening him with a butcher's knife cutting the phone oh, yeah. line and then locking all of the doors and windows so there was a logical way of like maybe we should get Dang. out of here and then just like Nancy's mom in Nightmare on Elm Street, it's like, nope, I have a better idea. We're just going to lock ourselves in. This will be this will work out a lot better. Mm-hmm. Shut off everything. That, like there, I can't imagine anything more t- terrifying as a six year old where your mom who you've had this strained relationship with or whatever, but you love her. She's your, you know, your mom, your lifeline, everything. And this the way she's acting towards him with the knife and the cutting and locking and everything be like all right if i want to live i need to get out of this house otherwise my mom's gonna kill me i guess yeah, like, dude fucking straight up and uh, yeah, dude fucking proof of the goddamn pudding like we've officially gone off the deep end gentlemen because we get the dead sam dream sequence with the knife mm-hmm. where 
that one was great. That was a fucking outstanding sequence. It was cool. It was fucking literal. Like, I had a literal what the shit, oh my god, what the shit moment. Where, like, she gets up. Or sorry, she's watching TV, she looks over, and then there's fucking Sam, like, just dead, stabbed to death. So Mm -hmm. she gets up and starts screaming, which makes Sam start screaming, and then she wakes up and she's got the butcher knife in her hand looming over her son. Like, that is, oh, God, that, how that shot. And she's still not like, I need help. Yeah, 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 Something's wrong with this kid. (laughs) Well, the culmination, this is the, 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 our, our... And night, we're, isn't it? Yeah, we're at the end of the night here. Because then that's the just dog the is ups, starts getting upset, starts growling right. at her. Uh, yes, dude. Uh, we get Bugsy. we get the news report about her killing her own kid and seeing yes. herself in the window was yes. fucking super off putting and creepy. Like she looks like a middle school class picture, but it works so well. Mm-hmm. Like it's just that, like, hi, hey, I did that. Yeah, I did that. So with the. Baba Duke, what you guys explained about him sort of causing the hallucinations, mm-hmm. I've been swung to on board of him being real. Because <laughs> I could have seen there's still been an argument made that he wasn't. Because really, Sam's the only other one who has any sort of Baba Duke belief, and he's a child who already believed in monsters. Right. It's true. But now I think I'm with you guys. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Okay, so I mean, actually, you know, to not to not to placate not the right choice of words, but kind of to agree with you, Sam. Uh, the rest of this movie, but at this point, there really isn't a solid line on what is actually a hallucination or a dream and what's kind of reality. Uh, like at this point, like we kind of have these weird cutting in and out of I don't know, maybe I guess uh, seeing her dead husband in the cellar is mm. her maybe totally losing her mind. But it starts getting like super weird, like because they're holding each other. And then uh, since the fucking Oscar basically just goes request the boy, like, can you bring me that boy? Mm -hmm. That line gave me chills, too. It's actually giving me chills now just talking about it because we are because of that phrasing. And we had established that phrasing earlier being uh, Mm -hmm. an issue and just like he'll be happier with me or something like that. Bring me the boy. I was like, ooh, he said, ooh. I don't know why, but that one really <laughs> gave me the yeah. goo- Your reaction to the Babadook coat in the police station was my reaction to that line. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's just that like, oh, God damn it. Like, you think it's something kind of maybe sweet, and then you just realize in that instant that you're like, oh, no, this is the Babadook. This is just another hallucination. Yeah, it's still the Babadook train. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Fucking the lights are going goddamn bonkers, and the fucking Nosfer- like like fucking Nosferatu, the Babadook glides in, and he's on the fucking hunt. Um, he pulls a Kris Kringle and goes down the chimney, mm-hmm. and then fucking fully possesses Amelia with, I think, a Godzilla sound effect? I don't know so, what that sound so effect So here's was. the thing. There's a lot of different sound effects in here, and there's quite a few from a few different video games, including, I believe, World of Warcraft, Resident Evil, shit, another, oh. uh, a few other yeah. ones. And I, I tried to look into as to why... At which point? Towards the end here, there's a lot of yeah, different the, points where the Bob Just Bob's this whole makes, end sequence... Yeah, yeah, the Bob so Duke makes okay. these noises. And the Godzilla one is two of them. It's the possession that happens at this scene where he first gets possessed. But sorry, continue, Brian. So I tried to look into like why were there like specifically video game noises, and 
I didn't find anything exactly as to that, but it's just a lot of people just, and what I kind of agree with is a lot of these noises she's probably was hearing in all these different aspects of her life. So that Baba Duke is like, as she's either going through channels or just like in this insomnia state and just more things that she's created. So the noises that he's making are noises that she's either heard in her subconscious for a while. Or video games and Godzilla are things that like, a six-year-old would be into that maybe she's heard and ignored before and now yeah. she's being like forced yeah, to hear that, them that's kind of what, what I, yeah i almost equated it to because there's a lot of people that i read that complain like oh when i heard that noise one of them something about like a dragon noise from world of warcraft so yes. maybe that's what it is they're like oh it took me right out of the movie or whatever but i'm like i understand how that would but i understand the, the sure. point to it again is like the Babadook is a creation of everything that's been almost in a subconscious yeah. state in her mind. He's like a um, he's like a grief golem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he's like made from the constructs all these, of mm-hmm. all of this fucked up shit that's made this thing just looking like a classic silent film that she likes. Sure. No, like I totally get that. You know how I said the puppy was the puppy? Yes. Yeah, I know. Well, watching Black Sabbath with fucking Boris Karloff, which is a fantastic mm-hmm. fucking movie. God damn it. And that fucking sequence. God. Oh, my God. I got goosebumps because of the movie playing in the movie when watching this for the first time. I was like, oh, my <laughs> God, that's Black Sabbath. My goosebumps got goosebumps. Uh, guys, the fucking dog gets it. Uh, and it's exactly like the book. Uh, Amelia fucking Rambo slow chokes this dog and then snaps its neck. Oh my god! And then in a tough. celebratory yeah, dance, it's, it's brutal. Tough to watch. They 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 even Rips. do it like off screen the best they can because they know nobody wants to fucking see this shit. Just the it's still feet. hard to watch. <laughs> the hanging feet and the feet. fact that she drops it on the floor too is yeah. that's that's oh, rough. It's rough. A, so I mean, yeah, it's We just one. explained it to you. If you haven't watched this movie for some reason and are up to this point and then still want to go and watch this movie. This happens around, yeah. Yeah, they kill the dog. Uh, In a celebratory dance, uh, she rips out one of her own fucking molars. I thought that was just, like, she had, like, a toothache the entire time. She's been pushing her face. Oh, yeah. And she's like, I feel like I need to pull this out Yeah, so what do you think that symbolized? That had to symbolize something, I didn't pick that one up. To be honest, I know she had been I don't doing a like, weird was. thing with her jaw the yeah. whole time. Well, yeah. Sometimes in And then she pulls logic, out, like, a dead tooth. But at that point, she's, like, fully possessed. You almost would have thought pulling right. that out would symbolize her getting past it or somehow. But she's yeah. doing it when she's full. Well, I think it's, like, when you... So I don't know. I'm sure it's intentional. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, it's some a lot of it, a lot of teeth uh, extraction and stuff like that in dream sequences or stuff about, like, vanity or self-image. So it could just be her kind of just dissolving into, you know, madness. Or she just had a really bad fucking toothache and she just took care of it herself. <laughs> yeah, it's a one helpful thing that Babadook did. Yeah, I mean, besides making her confront her pain. But like, I was like, you yeah. got this toothache. Let me take care of that too. Like but now girl, that it's fully possessed, her, it's like, I don't want to deal with this. Oh, pain sucks. Oh God, I hate this. <laughs> oh, Babadook's like, hold on. I got you. <laughs> well, maybe it's her finally being forced to deal with uh, pain she's been ignoring that's hey, true that's, she's that's rip- good she's like ripping it. it out from the root there we go <laughs> fucking a there we go we solved it guys <laughs> all right so now she's on a fucking terror uh she catches fucking sam at the top of the goddamn stairs and goes after him like a goddamn tom and jerry cartoon we get a insane amount of upper body strength and with the power of the fucking babadook she lifts herself up and starts double leg stomping the door until it busts open 
holy shit that fucking reminds me of the attic scene in Hereditary. Like there was like okay, me- I, uh, mm. I haven't seen Hereditary. You haven't seen Hereditary. <laughs> oh. and I still want to. So yeah, well mm. maybe we'll do it or something. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Let's not go into that. We'll do it. I would it. just say we'll very ins- inspiring moment. Anyways, I got a lot of Hereditary vibes from this movie. But yeah, she totally yeah. grabs like the door frame. So Amelia starts like <laughs> I also like how again he's possessed. She starts Nosferatu sliding. I need to figure out how to Nosferatu slide because it seems like it's a lot of fucking fun. Everyone who's been, everyone who Nosferatu slides seems like they're having a great time doing it. When you come visit for four, the fourth, I'll show you. Oh, good. Okay, perfect. That was Sam Singh. He always wanted to be a master vampire so he could do stuff like that. So slide, it oh, is one hundred percent true. <laughs> I was like, like if I could be any monster, I'd want to be like an ultra vampire so I could like float around and do little mind control things and use all their little magic powers. <laughs> Holy shit, that's so great. Um, So uh, so she's in the bedroom. She's going towards Sam. He fucking pisses himself where she starts like mocking him and then goes full blown Jack Mm -hmm. Torrance at this point by saying she's going to smash his fucking brains in. But yeah, I was just going to ask if this was the part where she said she was going to like smash his brains out or Mm -hmm. something like that. Brash his skull until shit comes out. I forget. She says some really just. I feel Super so, vibes so bad for well, Sam. So then I, I like to imagine, you know, she's just yelling this at uh, uh, an adult man on his knees. Oh, like <laughs> on his knees. <laughs> Which is fucking great. I um, do love that. That is great. And then otherwise the kids And then at like, the shots you see him peeing himself, she's like, yeah, I'm taking away your Legos, young man. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, mom. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah, dude, fucking uh, Sam Ninja smokes his way out of the goddamn bedroom. Uh, which absolutely makes me want to buy smoke bombs. Like if that scene where him going like "fuck you, mom," and like, <laughs> she goes like bah. "oh my god, snap pops." Yeah, snap pops. Love so them. I I got I this is best place to work it in as any any place. <laughs> I I I loved playing with those. I'm sure we all did the little oh yeah paper bag things. You throw them on the ground, they pop. I, for whatever reason, loved like pranking my dad with them. <laughs> so I would like put them in the door strikes and door jams. So when you shut the door, there was a pop. Or I'd put them on the tops of doors so you'd shut the door on a pop. Yeah. A lot of door tricks. One of my favorites was the toilet <laughs> lid. Yes. Where it like has like two little bits on mm-hmm. it to keep it up. So I would place them very precariously under that so they wouldn't pop. But so when he sat down on them, they'd snap. <laughs> I loved like any place I could stick him where I knew he was gonna move it and it would pop. I did it. So sorry about that pop. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about that pop. Oh my god. No, I want. I just. I just want to buy them now. That entire sequence, him using them this entire movie was just like. I need these right now. Uh, Sam gets his fucking weapons. Uh, he shoots his mom in the arm and catapults her face. Yeah, oh yeah. God. It was awesome. I was like, that yeah, was he's great. like, yeah, I. Did not think those weapons were going to be used on his mom, for sure, <laughs> when we saw them early in the movie. I was like, oh, great, monster weapons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, sweet. But finds out mom's the monster. Momster. Momster. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God for Mrs. Roach, because she comes to the front door to give Sam at least a moment to look, just look at his dead dog. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so this, you think that she had a breakthrough by just talking with the neighbor by saying like, everything's okay now. I'm really sorry that I frightened you. Everything's great. Everything's awesome. And then she starts Mm -hmm. going, I need you to meet your father. And you're just like, Oh no, you're going to kill him. Oh, you're still killing him. 
Oh, you're still a psycho. Oh, you're still. Oh, do yeah. you bitch? Oh, do you... <laughs> <laughs> I think this is my favorite part of the whole movie. Oh because yeah. Because well, this is she's <laughs> this is straight up like she's about to kill him, shit. and what does he do? Yeah, he fucking stabs her in the goddamn leg with a fucking butcher knife. That's what he does. <laughs> Hell yeah. And he goes, sorry, mom, and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh, it's so good. This kid is so badass. He stabs her in the leg. Sorry, mom, runs off. Uh, that sorry, mom, is incredible. It's like, mm-hmm. definitely, I love that so much. I don't know why. Because he's genuinely It, it made me laugh, dumb. but it didn't take me out of it. Like, right. Right, because that's what you would say if you were six years old and you just stabbed your mom. Like, like you had to do it mom. for whatever reason, but yeah, <laughs> right. He knows she. He knows it's not her too. He he in his head, he's like, "This is the Babadook, not my mom." So he's right. like, "But I still gotta live and get away." <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> Later. Uh, awesome. And he like, dude. And then I love the um, the the rope trap. Yeah. Get her like, oh my god, the rope trap was fucking great. And then the fucking the blunt force trauma to her head and capturing her in the goddamn basement. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Also, heart wrenching fucking quote. This kid has these be- the best lines in this fucking movie. I know uh, the Baba Duke won't say. let you love me, but I love you, Mom. Mm-hmm. It's like so fucked up and so I was like, Oh, I got the feeling. Well that's I mean, what? It needed to be happened, yeah. and it's the grief. I he could have said that at the beginning of the movie, you know. Yes, like it, it's a monster now, so it's like out of control. But he could have said at the beginning of the movie, "I know your grief won't let you love, love me, mom, me, but, but I, I love still you. love you." Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> but in doing this, like she kind of breaks down, but she also breaks free and starts fucking strangling Sam, and also just this fucking just it, the uh, the literal act of undying love. He just starts petting her face. He literally is just like calming her down mm-hmm. while he's literally murdering. She's literally murdering him and he's just like petting her face. And that honestly, I feel is the main component of um, it repels the Babadook. Mm-hmm. And she. That's the power guessed, of love. You guessed it. You guessed it, guys. Uh, vomits black sludge and exercises the Babadook from her body. Yeah, a metaphor, not for a metaphor, born black goo, but it is like yeah. a very black gooey thing, so it's not a traditional vomit if you're scared of that. Totally. And we kind of go to, like they get upstairs to the big a lot of the stuff we watched hasn't been real vomit, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or you know, like that. Uh, extraordinary was, I mean, it looked like cum, <laughs> it's a load too far. Yeah, no, I would say on the vomit scale of movies we've covered, this is like a three, maybe like a two. Like this is not out of oh, I mean out our, of what is the VS the, the most vomitous movie? Oh man! Well, now what's the scale on the range from one to ten? That's all I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. cool, yeah, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I would say, like Brundle Fly in eating the guy's arm in the face would probably be like a ten. You know what I mean? Like this is like a three. You know, this, is, right. this isn't like super crazy. Yeah, but Sam kind of brings up the fact that you can't get rid of the Babadook. And, oh man, so many characters like get part. sucked off screen by the end of this movie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> gets, just, you know what's so funny? Sam gets sucked off screen. Oh. Uh, <laughs> wait, hold on. Hey, hold on. Sam, the character, what happens to you? I get sucked off screen. <laughs> hey, I didn't say that. I didn't sure say you that. Friends sure making me say it. things. I get sucked it wasn't me. Screens. We get it, Sam. Hey, I didn't say that. Uh-huh. Oh, oh my, my god. 
<laughs> oh god! So at this point, you obviously Amanda rushes. Or sorry, not Amanda. Amelia rushes in mm-hmm. uh, to save him and demands the Babadook to tell her what it wants. And the Babadook reenacts the last things her husband said to her and his ultimate death. And you kind of see that, like, he kind of gets like part of his head fucking just. Yeah, uh, he died a brutal that looked death. Rad too. A brutal death. <laughs> yeah. Brutal, brutal fucking way to die. I mean, it was shocking, but it it looked cool. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, it looked dope as hell. Um, <laughs> which is, oh man, this is this is the this is the turning point for my for my feelings towards Amelia. She's fucking outraged. She's not. She's pissed now at this mm-hmm. thing because this thing is now taunting the death of her husband, and possibly I guess as the dragon sound, the Godzilla sound happens again. We have achieved full fucking end of the Pokemon evolution scale Babadook. This is the Babadook's final form. And in a true Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street, she says you are nothing. And this is her fucking house. And you need to get the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. And in a true gesture of her love for her son, she primal screams as the Babadook recoils and like shrivels onto the floor. And then Um, screeches out into the basement, right? Yes, and then after a quick shriek, the Babadook Evil Dead camera style sends itself into the fucking basement. Uh, Oh yeah, it totally did. So I'll say because we saw because we (laughs) saw a camera view, we saw a first person view of the Babadook seeing something. That's why I'll say it's real as well. There we go. All right. (laughs) In I'm the scope that. of the I'm movie, we saw okay. from okay. our perspective, like we saw, yeah, because like it, it goes. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like it so wasn't always from. Her, yeah, it's this white mm-hmm. light, and then it mm-hmm. recoils back into the basement. So we kind of get like a sunnier and brighter day for pretty much everybody in the house. Uh, <laughs> even even CPS comes bug, back, yeah. and I love this scene with the CPS guys again. Like that was such a fu- like it's like how visually put. He said me too. Oh, sorry. I thought he was in the middle. <laughs> I was going to say something else. Sorry. <clears throat> Anyways, so we're out in the garden. They're collecting worms to bring in this giant goddamn bowl. Uh, and yeah, they're feeding to the Babadook, who's now just residing and living in the basement. That you just They just feed this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she collects the bowl. She puts the bowl down and it goes to attack her. Uh, but, uh, and it's kind of, it's, it's kind of really melancholy but kind of beautiful scene where like mm-hmm. she's getting overwhelmed by the babadook and then she lulls it by hushing it like a baby and like telling it to calm down and like everything's okay and like you'll be okay and it's so great and then it like the bowl of worms gets sucked off screen yeah. uh, gets, <laughs> and uh yeah mom goes back upstairs and they share sandwiches and do oh yeah uh full circle do fucking dove magic who gives a six-year-old a live fucking dove? Where did he get the dove? The mother was so surprised by the dove, like so he she clearly did. caught it. He caught he, it. I mean, he probably used one of his crazy traps. traps. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah totally. Makes, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I guess I did have more to say. I didn't know we were going by it so quickly. I love that CPS scene because it is him doing his thing, being honest, being who he's been the whole movie, mm-hmm. and she is happy about it and in with him and being like oh yeah that's my boy um so it is she has clearly transformed but it's also showing that clearly sam is was not the problem so i do like that yes part about it also addresses the fact that yeah he says what he he says what he like or says what he 
is thinking just like his father and finally is like yes. placing like well that makes it click though is that like because he's so fucking honest it's like it reminds her so much of her husband that like she could learn to hate him because of that you know what i mean like the mannerisms the physicalities like I don't know. That's just like another layer. Before then. Right. Before then. And then her actually. It was just like a living reminder of her husband. Exactly. Exactly. And now like that's a good thing. Like she can actually Mm -hmm. like, you know, relish in the fact that she has her son and, you know, and in in really nice way. They end the movie ends hugging on a loving note, which is uh, smiling. I think it's the first time we've saw her smile in the whole movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's she's looking put together. Looks like she got some sleep. Mm-hmm. Her hair, like everything's like coming together, and it's like the. But when we talk about the basement scene of her confronting the Babadook again, it's yeah. She's it's the the important thing is there is that she is confronting the Babadook and talking to it and and interacting with it, and and that's and her. Got to learn to live with it. That's uh, that's her. Yeah, living with yes, you got to learn to live with it. You'll never get past it. It'll always be there. You need mm-hmm. to learn. You have to learn with, with it, it, which is what she's it. doing. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. what she's just doing. Just a fucking, just a beautiful representation of it, man. And sometimes when you confront it again, it, if you're going back can, to it, living with it, it can almost overtake yeah, you. Exactly. Like it almost overtook her, but then she stayed, like was able to battle through it and give it the worms that it needs, which yeah. I don't get that metaphor <laughs> but i don't uh, know why i needed worms i do like again, i'm sure it's intentional i will say in the uh the short the, the short film she made monster when she mm-hmm. gives uh, this happens in the end of that as well she gives it a, a glass of milk instead oh, okay. <laughs> and like right That's outside awesome, the door and you yeah. see a hand like go out and like grab the glass of milk <laughs> yeah it's pretty cute but yeah, and then I like how um <laughs> sam does say like will i ever get to see it and she's like you will one day essentially yes yeah when you're older (laughs) right i mean hopefully but yeah like and again though it would be the grief of his father's death that he's being so young probably never really has dealt with yeah Um, Yeah, and one day he will yeah (laughs) he's still just craving to learn who he was doesn't mean much (laughs) to him yet yeah you know exactly he doesn't know know him at all I'm, i'm obviously i'm sure it means something but it hasn't yeah manifested yeah, I mean that's that's beautiful. That's great. Do you have any other like um I don't know trivia or anything that you want to throw in at the end of this before we get into our ratings? Okay, so this is a fun. One. Okay, so while obviously doing research for this film, but I kind of already knew this getting into it. So the Babadook has been adopted as a basically like a pride mascot. <laughs> yeah, um, this is a great one. Yeah, this is fucking amazing. I heard about this. So um, it was kind of like late October of 2016, a Tumblr user uh, kind of made the joke that the Babadook is just basically an openly gay character in this horror movie and kind of made all these like point comparisons. <laughs> so another, this all started on the internet and it basically uh, in 2017 at that point, there was a viral screenshot that went around that classified the Babadook in the uh, LGBTQ plus section for mm-hmm. Pride. It was like the th- on third Netflix. selection in. Yeah, on Netflix. Yeah. So, uh, Which it is not. This. I mean, yeah, it is not an <laughs> no, allegory it, it, you know, for that Yeah, there was like online theories about it and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And then this viral, it, it went viral. Like this photo of, of the Babadook being in this blew this like up 
huge, like huge, to the point where the Babadook basically got adopted as like the horror icon of most pride. And like there are thousands of like memes and different photos of Photoshop things of the Babadook. Um, I do like the quote from uh, Jennifer Kent because mm-hmm. she fucking loves it. Yeah. Like yeah. she's basically like, okay, like if like I didn't necessarily like pertain to write him that way, but like, yes, I like it. I can understand that. <laughs> yeah, totally. He's yeah, he's 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 definitely a gay it. character. <laughs> um, he, and to her, this is a quote. She goes, I think it's crazy. And quote unquote, the meme just kept him alive. I thought, ah, mm-hmm. you you bastard. He doesn't want to die, so he's finding ways to become relevant. Like it's I, this I weird... love that quote from uh-huh. her. Ah, you bastard. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> bastard. That's great. <laughs> yeah, and it just that yeah, it was great. just I so I had no idea of that until recently when you mentioned it before we were doing this. And I and since then I saw a I've seen a ton of it's also Pride Month. So that's probably why it's popping up in mm-hmm. my feeds more. And I know what the Babadook looks like now, but I've seen tons of stuff of like, you know, drawings from the book, but he's wearing like a rainbow hat with like maybe some glitter or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it is, it's fun. I, I, yeah, I love it. It's, it's amazing because of like, at first glance, it would never, you would never really associate this icon with pride, but I love the way that he's kind of like been, accepted into and as like just the, i don't know it's just amazing i don't know the, that entire the internet's a fucking insane crazy place and it was like what a cool way of turning a character into like this mascot for pride oh sure i have a fun bit of trivia go yeah, for it that I read. go for it babadook is an anagram for a bad book oh yes yes i saw that well <laughs> oh. i forget what yeah you said the term it, it cut out a little bit sorry anagram anagram that's it so yeah there yeah a bad book that was interesting. And I do like, I saw another thing too, that Jennifer Kent has also been said that there's going to, she, she holds the rights for the Babadook. So like, she's like, there's never going to be a sequel. That's never been a plan. I never want that. This is a contained story. So don't worry. There's no, the Babadook two coming at like full throttle. <laughs> the Babadook two electric boogaloo. She's like, the Babadook deuce. The Babadook duck. The, ba- the, Baba the Baba deuce. The Babadook. The Babadook duke. The, duke. The, the, <laughs> The Duke Duke Deuce. <laughs> the Baba Deuce Bigelow. The Baba, Baba Deuce, Deuce Bigelow. Male <laughs> Gigolo. Grief Gigolo. <laughs> <laughs> grief Gigolo. Baba Deuce Bigelow. Grief Gigolo. Gigolo. <laughs> Perfect. Her, figured it uh, out. Yeah. All right. Well, if she wants the sequel, we'll write it. <laughs> yeah, that works out. We just figured that. it out. <laughs> it out. I think she's listening. Obviously, so let's get into. Ratings. She hasn't heard our pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get, we'll get the, we'll, we'll develop it a little bit more. But I mean, it's already solid gold. Uh, Sam, I'm gonna go over to you to first. I'm honestly very curious on how you're gonna rate this because you're, I mean, you're the newbie to this movie between the three of us. Sure. So it's interesting. It's really interesting. Um, we'll see what where my fingers get us mm-hmm. and then see if I need to adjust from there. So quotable, I might. I'm going to go ahead and give it a one because I can see myself using sorry, mommy, maybe for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, sorry, mommy. <laughs> Why can't so you great. be normal? I, I just I know? also constantly walk him around my house now that I watch this just going Baba dog dog dog. So I guess that's quoting uh, it. There's yeah, there's some stuff. I I'm gonna float it a one at quotable. Recommendable, 
It is actually pretty recommendable. This, Ross, you always talk about gateway horror movies. To me, this is something that I like could tell my mom to watch. And my mom mm-hmm. does not watch horror. She watches good movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Which is why she would watch this. Um, so I'll give it a one there. So that's uh, two so mm-hmm. far. Rewatchable. This is tough. Because I watched it early intending to watch it a second time mm-hmm. before we recorded because I'm just trying to, you know, be better prepared. Sure. <laughs> and and give myself that time to marinate on a movie because right. your feelings change after yeah. a few days. And I had the time to rewatch it last night. And I watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge instead. <laughs> So don't blame you. uh, (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) It's I I I want to see it again, but it it's one of those things that for me I think it's just a matter of taste because it's clearly very good. I just I like things that are fun, not things that are like super serious. Sure. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Especially for revisiting, you know what I mean. So I'll give it a point five. I'm definitely not giving it a one. But I'll give it a 0.5 because I do think I want to go back to it. I just don't know how often. T-shirtable. Uh, Come on. You honestly, for the movie itself, for the movie itself, I would say no. Like, I haven't seen the poster. Maybe I have, and it didn't do much for me. And I think the, I don't think the artwork in the book is as cool as other people seem to think it is. I mean, it's it's cool, but it's not cool enough for me to put on a shirt. However, this whole pride thing, I would wear a pride Papa Duke shirt for <laughs> sure. That would get me in a Papa Duke shirt. There you go. So there I'm going to give it a 0.5, but it's not so much due to the movie. Um, sure. We'll and does it. it shuttle? Well, I'd say we had a great shuttle tonight. I think we, it went really well. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah, love shuttling yeah. on this with you boys. So it'll get another one there, which, my God, is that a... That's Wait, four. No. That's four. Is that a four or 4.5? Four? Four. Okay, four yeah. is good. Four is good. Four is good. No adjusting needed. Four. Four out of five for the old Sam dog. All right. Oh, boy. Yeah. Ooh. All right. We're doing that now. Nice. Ross. What are you giving this bad boy? Oh, man. You know, you know what's funny? I, I, I honestly, this is one of the few ones I've ping-ponged between a 4.5 and a 5 for me. I think it's going to sit at a 4.5 because I do agree with Sam and the fact of like, this is such a great experience movie, but this isn't like a pleasure movie. Like you don't rewatch this because like you're getting pleasure out of, I don't know, at least for me personally, it's like I enjoy it and I really like it. I watch it all. Like I don't watch it all the time, but I do watch it at least yearly. You know what I mean? Because it's, uh, it's just, it's a really good movie but it deals with a lot of heavy shit. So like you have to kind of be mm-hmm. a right head. Like this isn't like a Sounds like you're well, trying to avoid the Baba Duke and we like yeah, you shouldn't Duke, do that. Oh, no. <laughs> Who me? No, never. Never, mm-hmm. Mr. Baba Duke. Uh yeah, no, I think it's I mean, dude, what a the literal interpretation of depression and grief in a palatable, really understandable way. Where, like, I mean, when people describe grief and in depression, I feel in some respects, it's a very obtuse subject to kind of like br- to breach. 
and it's this is a really beautiful way of a physical manifestation of talking about those kind of subjects as like it's different when you're fighting a feeling versus fighting a creature and i think people can relate to the idea of fighting a creature than versus fighting a feeling and i think that that's it's this is so funny you say that i was Mm. thinking about that exact same thing today like what you're saying right now and i was like i've dealt with grief and depression i was like i wish it was a real thing so i could just like try and fight it because when it's just a feeling that's so much more Mm -hmm. hard to fucking terrifying get a grip of put wrap your head around like it's so much more like ethereal yeah right sorry continue i I was just thinking the same thing that you're saying earlier (laughs) it's yeah i think that's i you know and i think that is the beauty of this movie especially for a first movie it's you know yeah, and realistically, like I'm saying a 4.5, but when we do our year revisit, this will probably be a 5 for me. I thought you it's, were going to say 5. I thought, yeah, I thought you would too. Yeah, you know, I think it's just because you have to, realistically for this movie, you have to be in a kind of a certain mindset to sit down and like, and really indulge in it. And I think it's not like a... That makes sense. Yeah, you know, I think it's, it is, it's just, it's just heavy subject matter. So like, if you're not into watching that leisurely... I think that's that might dent it a little bit, but like, yeah, I'm gonna. Oh man, you know, no, fuck it, guys. I'm gonna do it now. I'm gonna do. I'm using. I'm using my card. I'm gonna do a five. This will be a five for me. Hell yeah! There it is. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, I think it's a five. I mean, like, it's just because it's heavy does not negate the fact that it's good. You know, what I, I mean? was but about I think, to agree with that. I was gonna say that as my exact point. I was like. Yeah. I feel like knocking it because it's such a heavy state and not like a fun movie, which is more fun to just sit around and watch that you can just throw on. I don't feel like that's a reason to negate it. So I'm going to echo your yeah. score and I'm giving it five as well. Yeah, I, well, I, I my, agree. My score is to taste, not to whether it's a good movie. Possession <laughs> right. is way higher. Right. <laughs> I, I season to taste. And like, and, and it hit on just so many levels for me. Like I, I'm just going to keep echoing the things that you guys have said about this. And what we've kind of repeated throughout the whole pod so far. Yes. How many times do you think you've seen Babadook, Brian? I know Ross, it sounds like you've seen it a ton of times. Not as many. Like when I first saw it and experienced it, I don't remember how long after it first came out, I was living up in New York. So it had been any time after 2015. So it had probably been out for at least a year or so. But yes, I watched it twice in the same day. Uh, I've watched it probably since then. And then I watched it again for this. So, I mean, not a terrible amount, but I've watched it a handful of times now. Twice in the same day is pretty something. (laughs) And I don't know why. Like, I will. I'm not one to always want to watch a heavy movie. I do enjoy, you know fun lighthearted mm-hmm. movies typically more so than this but when there is a movie that i like that is i guess on the heavier side i tend to like it and and almost can throw it on in a way of yeah just on in the background mm-hmm. i know fight club i guess is a little bit more fun in this aspect but that's another movie that i would just kind of throw on yeah. <laughs> in my life and like watch and like mm-hmm. that obviously has much heavier it's a lot undertones. more fun i would say yeah for sure but like not a lot of people, I would think, but I understand what you mean. Too, it is still same, like, kind of same, there's a lot of heaviness to it. Yeah, and in, in the same kind of aspect, it's not like a, you know, chud <laughs> or something yes, in that yes. in that regards. Yeah. But um, totally. but I still can see myself just you know, I I, I in, enjoy it, and I like a lot of the, the that comes down to I think 
the cinematography it's shot beautifully so like it's always pretty to look at i love the character design i love the art direction i love there's there's so much and like we kind of spoke to the care that was put into this because obviously it's crafted for such a long time she wrote the story for it i think in 2005 oh wow made the short film in like 2008 then obviously the actual movie was 2014 so Mm -hmm. this was a crafted idea over a long time totally this had time to marinate for a while yeah yeah and i mean I enjoyed it. So that's five fingers. Yeah. I'm I'm for it. I mean, five. I love it. I'm fine. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So five. Uh, I'm, I am for it. Five. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> five. Yeah. And four from us here. So tell us what you thought about this. I mean, we certainly had a really good conversation about this and we want to continue that with you. So jump into the discord and talk to us there. We're going to go ahead and, and take a break and then jump back into would you rather and we're back. Thank you so much to our kind sponsor for those lovely words of encouragement. So here we are. Would you rather? And I'll I'll start us off. Reddit, my usual place, uh, has got a fun one for us. So would you rather live in a world full of kaijus or a world full of like superhumans? Oh, of semen, superhumans, <laughs> world superhumans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think he said he had like kaiju sized semen? Like that's just just a world or a world full of semen. I thought yeah. was the question. That, oh. No, no, that's a different. That's for the the after hours podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think okay. I don't know. I think Super I would want to say maybe superheroes, like superhumans, because maybe then there's a possibility I could get a power. Yeah, maybe you're one. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm never gonna be a big monster. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. I don't, uh, I would, fuck, I would probably say, I'd say kaiju. Yeah, of course you would, you weirdo. Kaiju. Well, <laughs> I feel it would be like a, um, what, what one way to unify the entire planet than having giant fucking monsters attacking them all the time? Like, all the think so? shit that e- we e- argue each about. Each country would try to figure out how to, like, weaponize their own monster and their fight against bi- each other. Like, bi- bio kaiju? Yeah, There'd man. be people who'd say they were like, you know, from the globalist controlled by George Soros. It's never <laughs> going to stop. Yeah. I just feel like it's a bunch of people with superpowers, it'd almost be more like the boys than like, a, <laughs> like I feel it would just be well, like sure, a but I feel like fuck. I feel like either way, there's a shit ton of people dying. <laughs> and I figure if there's. Oh, super yeah, humans, totally. And in maybe one of them, I'll I have a chance. Maybe yeah. I can fly. Exactly. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Enough. I'm going to vote on it with superhumans. And most people went that way. Only 214 votes. 31 went for kaijus. 183 went for superhumans. Kaiju. So there you have it. Not many wanting crazy monsters fighting each other and destroying everything in the world while we just are like bystanders. <laughs> Come on. You can't think of just having a picnic where like two giant monsters are fighting in front of you. I mean, you could. <laughs> All right, Ross. You got one for us. Okay, so would you rather get a script of your life for the upcoming week, but you only get to read it for an hour, Mm. or every Monday you get a trailer for what your week's going to look like, just like blips. Like, you don't get the full synopsis, you just get kind of the highlights. You know how, like, a normal trailer is Like a trailer? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So, like, you Is this, like, a modern trailer where it gives everything away? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um halfway i would say like think of like late well, you 90s clearly know. Oh, early 2000s like not that's the end of the movie yeah okay um i'm i'm gonna go with the script i think just uh i mean only having an hour put some time 
constraint on it, but I feel like I could skim That's through that. Tough, I could go to. I'm assuming you. Yeah, I could go to the end of the script too to make sure I'm still there and see what's going on, and then kind of like be like, <laughs> make a, sure. Okay, just a bunch of blank pages. Is it a minute a page like scripts are supposed to be? So like, however many minutes are in a week, that's how many pages of script you uh, have. Yeah, it could probably be. It could probably go through. Be a bunch or of, is yeah. it like? Oh Jesus! Brian commutes to work. And then you just see, your... yeah, it's not a minute by minute play. Yeah, it'll like condense the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I figured that way. So you don't have like a million pages to read. Yeah, only like this is what I'm wondering. Like, how long is that boxes. script? How much can Depends you, what you can do. you skim through the whole thing? <laughs> like, oh, like shit, I have must have script. a big week coming up. This script is good. Yeah, depending fuck. on the size of the script, I guess yeah, it, it depends on it depends on your week. You, that's interesting. No, I think that's a good point. So if it's a larger script, you were doing more that week. Yeah. I'm still going script. I think I'd go trailer. I'd just like give me the highlights. I want I'll wonder how I got there. Um cuz I feel like with a script I might be more tempted to try and go off script. <laughs> and who knows where that could lead. That's um, true. That's true. Whereas the trailer, I might, you know, I'd be like, oh, so this is how I ended up having sushi at a park or whatever. <laughs> Whereas with the script, I'd be like, well, I know if, when I said that they got mad. So instead I'll say this and who knows what series of events could unfold from there. Yeah. I, you know, my, my brain is telling me to do script but I'll probably do trailer because I know myself too well. And I feel like I would get 15 minutes into searching through the script and be like, fuck this. I, all right, well, I'll just pick a random page. Just read it. <laughs> that does bring a really good point. Like what happens if you get your script and like after day two, it's just blank. Yeah. Then, well, <laughs> yeah, you get a script Boop. one week and it's like three pages. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, fuck. oh, either I ain't doing shit or something goes wrong. Yeah. I mean, what happens if you get a trailer and you see that you die or something? Yeah. Oh, shit. (laughs) Hopefully I end up in a hospital after that last shot. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or if you get a script and it's like just two pages, it's like, well, hopefully, you know, maybe I just get really into training for something. So it's just like a montage for the rest of the week. (laughs) Brian trains throughout the rest of the week. Various (laughs) exercise activities and gets incredibly in shape. Oh, cool. (laughs) Rad. Great, 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 great. I got scared when I saw it was so small. (laughs) All right, Sam. Yeah, so we'll we'll see if this lands. I'm not sure how this works exactly because I'm not really sure my answer. But um, if your emotional baggage became a monster... What monster would it be? Would you, is it would it be a made up monster or one we already have? Oh God, like, that's heavy. A werewolf or a Freddy <laughs> or a a ginger werewolf, an maybe? alligator it's with a, spider arms. <laughs> oh, oh, so almost like the Stephen King it. Your worst fears have come to life and are going to kill. Right, you. it's what probably yeah, that? almost like a man. Could yeah, could, maybe. Oh man, I don't know. Probably some alien that crawls out of a hole. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. I mean, at that point, 
I'm not I'm not super great with heights, so I would probably say realistically it would be like a height monster. Something that picks me up and just dangles me like four hundred feet above the ground or something like that would be like, like a okay. really, really tall skinny thing that just like grabs you and just picks you up and slowly Ew, lifts just you. Just like in the a air. tiny hand. Just a yeah, tiny hand. Yeah, it just comes hand down comes out of the down sky and grabs out of nowhere. you. Nowhere. It just picks me up. Yeah, there you go. Uh, creepy. Also, thank you for giving me that fucking nightmare tonight. <laughs> hey, you came up with it. And you guys helped me come yeah. up with mine. It's a hippo. Oh, uh, Sam's is just a hippo. <laughs> Yours is just a hippo? Yeah. What the fuck? It's not just a hippo. Hippos are monsters. I don't know <laughs> what else to tell you. It's Fine, it's hippo. like made of shadows. Like a shadow hippo. A shadow hippo. Okay, now that's terrifying. I mean, it's hippos- a black oil hippo, all right? Oh Fine. My gosh. Yeah. The nightclub just came out with Fine. a hippo. <laughs> Good, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> For making it that, because I hate them. Because I hate them. <laughs> Not the nightclub hippos. <laughs> oh, uh, oh I should God. cut a promo well, for this episode. Yeah, 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 promo for the episode of Sam hating the nightclub. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send that to him for an ad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Play this. Oh my God. Sam, why? All right, so there you have it. That's what we're manifesting as our greatest, I don't know, not necessarily fears, but anxieties, griefs, and emotions all rolled into some physical manifestation that we have to confront in life. Sam is fighting a shadow hippo. Ross is fighting a hand that just comes down and like grabs him out of nowhere. <laughs> like a claw And I'm, I'm falling down a hole with an alien. <laughs> perfect uh so there you have it we want to hear what yours are again jump into the discord hit us up on instagram or slasher at shuttle the sam at shuttle the ross at shuttle the brian with uh why because you know it and at shuttle the pod realistically yeah, <laughs> yeah right, totally thanks like guys one. for listening like this is this is yeah we're we're this has been amazing the we've gotten i've gotten i don't know about you guys but i've been getting great responses from people about um just just kind of just having fun listening to us that's kind of awesome and weird and great and i we sincerely appreciate it we sure do and if, if you've you gotten truly, this truly far drop it. a little wizard emoji on, on our instagram comments and we'll know you listened all the way through oh yeah emoji. yeah yeah do the wizard emoji Wizards. <laughs> that's the secret code for this episode so wizard emoji <laughs> hell yeah new bit <laughs> new thing emoji of the week emoji of the week there you go that'll be for the true fans and if you collect all of them we'll send you i don't know a sticker if we ever get those made you guys yeah, want stickers don't. let us know <laughs> so so thank you all so much and like we said if you appreciate this podcast and love what uh, we're doing we love you too and go ahead leave us a review on uh itunes or spotify write a review leave us ratings five stars would be greatly appreciated jump into the discord visit us over there chat with us anywhere you want to chat with us so on that note i think is a beautiful place to end it so once again thank you all for tuning in to us we love you so much and until next time we'll be waiting
know. Sometimes. I try to be regular. But, uh... <laughs> well, <laughs> sometimes the dam gets clogged. And when it does, I go for a heaping, steaming cup of Baba Duke Duke Duke. It'll keep you regular. It'll keep you frightened. But more importantly... You'll have the best Duke, Duke, Duke of your life. It'll scare the shit out of you. <laughs> It'll scare the shit right out of you. Guaranteed. <laughs>